You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather, post-wrestling, the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it. And welcome to the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocate, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. What's going on, y'all? It's a new day. Yes, it is. Uh, Changes going on here at Post Wrestling. We got some new additions that we are excited about and, and hyped about and also that means changes for our show here and so we welcome y'all to saturday the most melanated day in in wrestling podcast history shout out to uh, the true heel heat and uh Grapsity. uh we we are glad to be amongst that number but let me bring in my co-host because i am the godfather nate milton but i can't do this alone we got to bring in the man that probably is gonna have to shoulder most of the weight on this show because i'm still recovering chris from uh uh, that that Atlanta Braves celebration I had last night <laughs> at the house. So uh, I, I know you, you're going to be able to hold it down for us, Chris. Y'all give it up for this man who spent all last night in a group chat with Steve Kornacki, Dan Rather, and Rachel Maddow. Y'all <laughs> give it up for the professor, Chris from L.A., a.k.a. Moderna. Chris, what's good, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, shout out to the uh, Braves. Um, it was a long time coming just for Atlanta sports, you know. Um, yeah, man. so it's, um, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy for those cats. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, election night last night in Virginia for y'all cats. Uh, it was, it, it was, it was, it turned out how I expected, but you know, the wheel keeps on spinning, you know? Yeah. It, it's a shame. Like so much of that election was built on this fairy tale of uh mm-hmm. critical race theory, Chris, which, which, yeah. Ironically enough, that was the other title I was going to go with for this show. If if we didn't <laughs> the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, it was going to be Critical Race Theory. Right, yeah. Cr- critical Race Theory is a class that I actually had to take uh, for my uh, criminal justice master's degree. Um, and uh, yeah, I really don't think these fools know or understand what critical race theory is. Mm. They, you know, But it's a smart thing to do if you're a Republican. It's a smart thing to weaponize a term, right? Mm. Critical race theory sounds, it sounds like, you know, like what, what uh, uh, Kevin Hart said in that uh, uh, 40-year-old version movie, you use it too many big words and I, uh, like, because I don't <laughs> know what they mean, I'm gonna uh, take them as disrespect. Right. Know? 
I think we we would have swerved him though, Chris, because yeah. people would have thought we were just talking about black wrestling, but it would have mm-hmm. been just you, me, and Andrew Thompson talking about Harley Race's greatest matches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> critical race theory, y'all. But uh, yeah. we mentioned my nephew, so we got to bring him in. This is gonna be a little bit of a different format for the show. We're gonna mix things up because uh, we're gonna bring on Andrew, and then we're gonna bring on our, our, our special guest for this month uh, very shortly. So, uh, y'all. Give it up for my nephew, the youngest in charge. You know this man from Bushby and Thompson. You know him from Andrew Thompson interviews. He going to get you right with all this actual factual. My nephew, Andrew Thompson. What's good, brother? Uncle Nate, Uncle Chris, what's going on, my good man? How y'all feeling today? I'm drinking a lot of water and Gatorade, man. Like, I I literally <laughs> didn't get to bed until, like, 530 this morning, man, <laughs> celebrating these right. damn braves. But here's the thing, Andrew. It's been 25 years, man since we got that chip last time. So I figure, like, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell the future, Andrew. But I know statistically speaking, if if they win once every 25 years, I'm probably not going to be around for that next one, brother. I might not be. I might not make it. Something, something going to get me. Hypertension, uh, just uh, a virus, the, the police. Something might get me. I might not make it to 25. So I'm celebrating this one like it might be the last one. Uh, but but we glad to have you, Andrew. And yeah. you know, y'all know Andrew brings us the news each and every week. But we're gonna do a little something different this week. We're gonna make this whole show about what's going on in the news. And so let's bring in our very special guest for this month. Like we mentioned this man's hey. show off the top, you know, because this is now Saturday with the NWA podcast moving to Saturday. You got the NWA, you got True Hill Heat, you got Grapsity. It's the most melanated day <laughs> of the week for wrestling podcast. So y'all give it up for our brother joining us. This man is a writer. This man is is a a, a analyst. This man is one of the, one of the most informative brothers in the game. Uh, you know, he he got some opinions, and, and we like to hear those opinions from this man. He is one of the co-hosts of the excellent Grapsity podcast, and you know him as a columnist for Bleacher Report. Making his first appearance here on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, we got Phil Lindsay in the building. Brother Phil, hey. what's good, man? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Uh, cool to be among three other black guys doing this thing. Uh, not a lot of us <laughs> in this thing, so always cool to see more of us. Yeah, Cause... and, and I, I think that's one of the things, like, real quick, Andrew, like, and I just want to talk to Phil about this for just, for just a second. Like, one of the things Chris and I have always talked about is – how we want to make the shows that we would have liked to listen to 10, 15, 20 years ago as a wrestling fan coming up, a show that had our voice to it. And I think now with, you know, yourselves and with us, and like we mentioned, True Hill Heat, you know, we got people like Rich Fan doing his thing with uh, Seahawk over at the Torch. Like so many black voices, like they definitely need to be more. But like, I think this is a really cool time, brother, for just the doors kind of being opened. Uh, for us to speak our minds. Yeah, yeah, we're um, we're the we're the real forbidden door out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Andrew Thompson, like I, I think, and I'm gonna give Andrew Thompson a little credit here off the top, Chris, because I right. think Andrew low key is like being kind of the Nick Fury of this NWA podcast because <laughs> Andrew's connected me with a lot of people that right. I hadn't spoke to beforehand. You know that I. I'd have, you know, seen they work and whatnot, but we didn't have any kind of connection. Andrew Thompson been the man behind the scenes, pulling the strings, and he's going to be the man directing <laughs> us this week on the show. So, uh, nephew, uh, you want to give us some news, man? 
Let's, let's get into it. But I, I, had to, I had to say what's up to my guy, Phil, man. What's going on, good brother? What's going <laughs> hey, on, man? man? That's, that, hey. that's my guy right there, man. What's going that's on? That's guy, yo. So, <laughs> so, but no, so when you say to Nick Fury, like, I feel like us being in Fightful, uh, me, Will, and Rush, like, I don't feel like we're there if Andrew didn't open that door. So, mm. you know, shout oh, out to the brother. Uh, yeah, I, I, I greatly appreciate that, man. But we let, let, let's let's get into this news. It, it, it's so, so much to get into. Uh, the, the first story of the day, I'm pretty sure all you guys heard about it, uh, has some, probably had some discourse about it on social media, uh, was Ring of Honor going on hiatus out the final battle. Uh, they, they, they know that they are planning to return in April 2022 for a Super Card of Honor show. Uh, those who had deals uh, that that rolling for 2022, they will be paid uh, about three or four months uh, into the new year. Well, well, until yeah, three or four months into the new year, uh, they just signed Trisha Dora. Uh, you got the likes of Shane Taylor Promotions and Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham and Kenny King. Uh, talents like Willow Nightingale were getting established in the, in, in the women's division, but all those talents will soon be free agents. Uh, Nate, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, just your initial thoughts about uh, Ring of Honor going hiatus and uh, what you think their future will be, and also just the abundant of black talents that will be uh, entering sort of, I, I, I guess you could say, a crowded free agent market, I guess you, I guess you could say. It, it, it's a lot of emotions on this, man, because like I think for most of us here and most of the people listening probably, like Ring of Honor was this promotion that captured a lot of our uh, attention and imagination. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, the era when you got, you know, AJ Styles and then you got, you know, guys like Samoa Joe and uh, Christopher Daniels, of course, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Like, I think the importance of Ring of Honor can't be understated. You know, I made a joke on another podcast uh, uh, a few weeks ago that Ring of Honor is kind of like Little Richard. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> you, follow me on this, nephew. If you've ever seen, like, Little Richard do any interviews, he's like, man, everybody stole from me. They took my music. <laughs> they took my moves. They took my style. Everybody stole from Little Richard and got paid. And when you look at ROH, like, we don't get NXT, most likely, without mm-hmm. the influence of ROH. You know, right. we probably don't get AEW without what ROH did. Like, ROH had such an impact, no pun intended, because uh, they did influence impact as well. Uh, ROH had such a, a, a huge impact on the business, and it's unfortunate that this is where the story is right now. Like, I hope this isn't the end, but it it doesn't sound good, at least to me, the, the, the way they're presenting it. Uh, and then in terms of the talent, Andrew, like, I, I think if I'm Tony Khan or if I'm Vince or if I'm whoever, whoever's out here signing checks, like, this should be like, there should be no stopping you from scooping up this talent because we've been talking for months about, you know, you can't use the excuse of there's nobody out there or they're all under contract. Cause as you just mentioned, Andrew, there's a lot of free agents that happen to be black that have mm-hmm. great talents. That's going to be on the market, man. And why wouldn't you want to sign a Jonathan Gresham or a Trisha Dora, uh, uh, Shane Taylor promotions? Like, I think that there's an opportunity here and I hope that, the opportunity isn't wasted. And I'm not speaking to the performance. I'm speaking to the people in charge of the decisions. Cause mm-hmm. as optimistic as I am, and this comes from an Atlanta sports fan, Phil. So you always <laughs> got to take optimism with a bit of trepidation. Like I'm optimistic and hopeful for these brothers and sisters, but I want to see it. Like I want to see the proof in the pudding, Andrew. Yeah, for sure. And, and Phil, like, uh, we, we just mentioned Jonathan Gresham. I, I think a lot of people are focusing in on Gresham, but like you, you uh, Nate mentioned, we got Shane Taylor promotion. We got that whole crew right there, mm-hmm. full of talents. Uh, Con Moses. Uh, we got Ron Hunt. 
and you got O'Shea Evers, who I know you're a big advocate of. Like, are there some other guys in Ring of Honor, some other black talents who you're looking at? And like, you're thinking people should really be like, you know, thinking about so, sort of bringing these guys in. You can even mention like an Eli Isom or, or a world, world famous CB who, who sort of uh, yes. underwent sort of character, uh, a character change recently. Um, yeah, I think Gresham is going to be the top of most people's list. But, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I'm, I mean, I know you said black talent. I'm curious where uh, Trish is going. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering, like, where is, like, Roxy going and some of the women are mm-hmm. in that women's division. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's crazy because, like, I really think I would like to see Trish go somewhere where she could be, like, the face of a division. I don't know if that's AEW. Um, maybe it's Impact. I don't know. Yeah, what do what, what you think, Chris? You, you think I'm more so of, like, you think you can see Trish Land in an, in an Impact Wrestling, something along those lines, and sort of, you know, sort of be the head of that women's division, or uh, in fact, in there. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think AEW, um, as much as I've been loving them for the last few months, I still think that they can use whatever women they can get their hands on that's out there. Um, I still don't think they're quite exactly where they need to be mm. with their women. Um, mm. But also, um, um, and this is something that I've tagged Nate in a post on, on Twitter. Like we, we got to talk about um, just um, AEW, what their needs are at the moment. And I do think that they are still not in desperate need of, of black talent, but I do think that they need, black talent um that you can easily insert into the main event picture i'm not saying you got to put the belt on them but you could but like they've got like jay lethal and my homeboy uh kenny king Mm. um that you could put in the main event scene and it not feel like you're trying to force feed anyone or rush a push or whatever. Um, I remember I, t- I, uh, we were talking, I was talking about this with Phil last night. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I called into their, uh, Grapsity show. Uh, I did a super <laughs> chat. And I, I talked about the black that, that they need to do a better job of handling, uh, they're blacks. They need veteran blacks, and I, I think uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil, thought, not Phil, Will thought I was so like a white boy or something, just just talking about blacks all recklessly and shit. It's like them, like them super chats. You know, it take a lot of characters, man. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't have, you know, typing in African American wrestlers takes up too many goddamn characters <laughs> the uh, blacks yeah the blacks so, so yeah yeah so you know, that, you know that, that's how i you know that's how i talk but yeah i think they need veteran i think they need a veteran mm. presence in aew in the in the black either upper mid card or main event scene mm-hmm. and i definitely think you know your your guys like um shane taylor um who did we just just uh Gresham uh, Gresham? Gresham, Gresham 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 yeah they need guys like that as well I think anybody anybody there in those situations can contribute I I I give 
AEW um, some leeway because I do think a lot of the, the black talent that they have right now are just not people you can easily put in a main event scene. As much as I like Will Hobbs, the guy has some seasoning he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only person I'd feel comfortable making a main eventer that's uh, on the black male side of things would be like a um, Scorpio Sky. Um, and now what about Leo? And Leo, Leo, of course, Leo, Leo. I want him to be the. I want him to be the first black champ that they have in AEW. But still, that's only one person that I would feel like that about. Um, mm. I can't really think of anybody else that I feel like you could just put him in the main event scene and set it and forget it. I think it would need to be a situ like what they've just done with um with um Adam Page. You know what I'm saying? He was put in that scene, but they didn't just, you know, jump the gun with it. They kind of mm-hmm. let it marinate for a little while. Yeah, he wasn't ready at, at yeah. the very beginning. He wouldn't. Yes. Would, I don't think it would have worked. Right. Yeah. So I think that's kind of um, what they what they have to do with the current black talent they have. They have to do things like that, and then they also. I think you just you do because we're in a microwave society right now. I think you need black people in that situation someone there to just you know like a kenny king that could just be you know come out there start shit with adam page when he gets the belt and you know just just something optically that'll shut up the uh some of the pundits and and you can and you can stop cody from making his next biracial promo because that's the Leave that man Cody Devonte Rose out there, man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but like so so sort of circling the back uh, circling the back around the Ring of Honor, like mm-hmm. as we saw yesterday, they just announced AJ Gray and uh, Effie are going to be a part of their Honor for All show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a, 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 the the reaction that that got on social media. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it, but a lot of people were very happy to see that. I think it was already taped because uh, I saw uh, I think Effie had posted a picture of them already on the Ring of Honor set. But I, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that sort of goes to show you like sort of the route that Ring of Honor was leaning into because they did have their eyes sort of uh, re- really locked in onto the independent scene and sort of that exchange that they got going on between GCW. Uh, right. I, I think that was a real cool thing and bringing in AJ Gray and, and Effie uh, that that was just going to be two two nice additions to the to sort of the talent pool that they got over there at ROH and then you know they already had Fred Yeha in the mix, uh, mm-hmm. who's the current AW, AAW heavyweight champion. It it, it just would have been real cool to see how things would have been mapped out post final battle but as we all know things are you know going to come to an end uh for for several months uh after december yeah and, and honestly andrew uh my last thought on this is yes the pandemic played a part in this but i do feel like there was a window of opportunity maybe two years ago yeah where mm. roh could have stepped into that spot like the right. spot that aw currently occupies like there was a window there was a short space in time where they could have made a move because you know impact yeah. is what impact is. Like I've been watching Impact from the jump, <laughs> but we we like we know Impact has a ceiling in terms yeah. of how it can resonate with an audience. But I think ROH had a moment, particularly when they were doing the shows with New Japan, where they could have stepped into that number two spot. And unfortunately, they let it pass them by. And here comes AEW, much like uh, that old story with the scorpion and the frog. Like let's let's yeah. go across the river, frog. Let, I, let me get on your back, frog. No, we're both going to get across the river, Frog, and next thing you know, Scorpion living good on the beach, and the frog is just bloated in the river. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. 
th- this is my thing with that. And I do, I do like that analogy. But I think the, the biggest <laughs> thing with, with ROH, TNA, and all these other places that have mm. these billionaire owners is Tony Khan came to play. And mm. ROH um, and um, when Sinclair bought him and uh, Impact, when uh, the Fight Network bought him, they didn't come to play. They were offering – They Tony Khan went in – with like, I'm going to get us a network deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay top dollar for talent. We are going to be on prime time. And this is how it's going to go. So it made it attractive immediately for somebody like a John Moxley to be like, okay, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. And a Chris right. Jericho. ROH had Sinclair. Sinclair is a, like a billion dollar company. They, they could have done more than they did and this mm. is what they what they did shout out to them for staying open uh during the pandemic and paying wrestlers during the pandemic yeah i think that needs to be commended but you know like you said Nate they had a couple they had time there and they wanted to operate like an independent and this is this is what you get for that mm. yeah I mean, Ring of Honor had it. I mean, I feel like when we watched this Supercar show and like the same show where they put the title on tape and I was just sitting there like, all right, like all of these mm-hmm. New Japan matches are better than any of the Ring of Honor <laughs> matches. This isn't yeah. a good sign. And so like, I feel like their half of the show was really lacking. And that's when you could really see the crack start. Yeah, mm. I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But like uh, Chris, you had mentioned something uh prior to like prior to this recent discussion about ring of honor and you talking about uh will Hobbs, uh phil i kind of want to go to you uh, as we all know a uh, bit first of all first and foremost big shout out to john moxley um for you know sort of i, I guess recognizing his vice and deciding mm-hmm. to opt to go into uh to go, go get go get help uh big respect to him and i'm pretty sure we all root for him to pull through um but no you know th- there's an open spot now in that uh, in that aw world title eliminator tournament uh we don't know uh, exactly what they're going to do tony Khan, you know he of course, always one that got some up his sleeve. But Phil, would you sort of go the route? I know me and you had talked about this on on Twitter. Like you know, Orange Cassidy had beat Will Hobbs uh, in in a tournament. Would you sort of would you sort of see this as an opportunity or a window to get Will Hobbs's win back, and then maybe have a Hobbs Danielson final? And you know, maybe they'll probably lean towards that, or maybe Hobbs might be that first big challenger for uh for for Hangman. Or do you think they'll probably go the route of uh, Tony Khan pulling the big the, the the big bucks out of his bag, and you know we'll probably get Punk and Danielson or something like that at uh at Full Gear. Um, I don't think it'll be Hobbs. Um, unfortunately, mm. um, I think it's too soon to do the Punk match. Mm. I feel like it's got to be Miro, only mm. other guy uh-huh. that's in the top five that's not mm. in the tournament. Um, so I feel like it's got to be Miro. Um, that's the only one that makes sense to me. Yeah, and that's a good point because yeah. it, it does kind of bring Miro back, you know, coming off right. of that loss to Sammy. So, yeah, I, I like that. And and real quick about Hobbs, like, I, I love uh, that brother. Like, I think he's he's got all the tools, like, uh, to to be next up. Right. But I do feel like you're right in a way, Chris, where we, he needs some seasoning. Like, he got yeah. to cook a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, and I, I don't – the one thing I don't want to see with somebody like Hobbs is you rush this dude and then you end up wrecking this dude because yeah. you didn't you didn't have the patience to work with him. And they've they've been 
been doing, they've been telling a good story with Hobbs low key. If you've yeah. really been paying attention, mm. like even when Punk beat him, mm-hmm. Punk cut a promo the next week on that um, Dynamite taping. And he was like, uh, yeah, um, I almost lost to Hobbs. I just picked up on one mistake he made. Mm-hmm. Punk pretty much came out and said, I beat Will Hobbs in a fluky way. And every time Will Hobbs loses, it's never like a straight up. It's always because he does one thing wrong that the veteran picks up on and loses yeah. in that way. Like when he yeah. lost to Christian um, and when he lo- when he lost to Punk, you know. So I do think there's a story being told with Hobbs. Um, and um, we we do owe it to ourselves as wrestling fans to be patient. I know. Uh, we, we're so used to WWE and uh, how they've done their blacks over the years. Uh, there's that word again. <laughs> how, they, uh, how they've done their black black talent over the years that you've come, uh, you've grown accustomed mm-hmm. to just black talent not getting shit. But I think with Impact, I'm uh, not Impact with Dynamite. I think they deserve a little bit more. Um, wiggle room you know i think yeah. you know aew uh, before we jump on the oh tony khan doesn't like black people bandwagon um <laughs> let's kind of see what materializes yeah and i mean honestly like i really like everything hobbs is doing on his own like i think his promo mm-hmm. work is getting better mm-hmm. um i personally love the overalls i have loved them since he debuted them um <laughs> <laughs> I just I I like him. I think he has great facial expressions. I think he has yeah. uh I think he's got good um I think he's got good in-ring ability. I just think that he's he's slowly getting there. They just got to get him mm-hmm. more exposure on TV. Um like as far as like some people in the AEW don't doesn't, you know, push black people or they don't like a uh black people. I think it says a lot. Maybe we don't always see them on a card, but they haven't done anything overtly offensive with black people yet. Right. I think that, that says a lot. Um, there's other companies that have done some pretty questionable things with black mm-hmm. people. So, right. I mean, I think the worst thing you can say that they've done so far is probably the Brandy and Jade promo, but I think mm. even that is mild compared to other things we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. The like AEW, and I keep going back to this example, Chris, because to me it's still, and knowing this brother, uh, how this brother is now, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that he actually allowed these words to come out of his mouth. But, like, we haven't seen anybody on AEW cut a promo saying, hey, I was born to shuck and jive. Like, yeah. ain't nobody did that. So, <laughs> so right now, like, I'm, I'm giving Tony the benefit of the doubt. Like, right, yeah. And I, he still got to show us something, but he ain't done nothing egregious yet. Yeah, no. and I and I will give AEW this credit because when WWE doesn't have anything to do, this this isn't just for black talent, but when they don't have anything to do with certain talent, mm-hmm. what they do with them is put them on SmackDown and Raw and job them the fuck out for months. At least in AEW, if they don't got anything to for the talent at the moment, they just put them on Rampage. I put them on Dark. Them or dark, yeah, mm-hmm. not rampage. Uh, dark, um, either of the dark shows, mm-hmm. have them wrestle on those shows so they won't lose their skills. And then, if they could think of something to do with them, 
you put them back on the main programs. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I think that's a better way to do it than just like, oh, we've got nothing to do for with uh, for Apollo Crews. Let's job them every single week. Mm -hmm. You know, that that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I I I think that's a real key point to hit on as far as uh, AEW goes and the AEW Dark and Dark Elevation programs. Like a a lot of people, well, I, I often see this, the the this the sort of opinion that people think like the, the them be, sometimes being on YouTube being on the the YouTube programs is like a a, a demotion or like mm-hmm. some type of less right. than thing. I'm like the thing is, and and I I just think this is it's just another thing of WWE just being the head of sort of yeah. television wrestling for such a long time. We aren't used to seeing like yeah, oh condition yeah, exactly exactly like okay yeah. th- this person isn't on TV right now and they don't have any storylines for them. So let them get some working on dark and dark elevation. They're literally right. on both shows. And, yeah. and the thing is, like, I, I, I get the sort of, I, I guess, sort of the complaint, like, oh, well, the matches aren't that long. Well, I'm like, well, the, if everybody had five to 10 minutes, the show would be like fucking five hours long. Ain't nobody got time for that. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I think people get confused with dark and dark elevation because they're literally dark matches. Everybody yes. does dark matches. <laughs> That's all they are is dark matches put on YouTube. And so people are like, oh, these aren't really hell of a entertaining matches. I'm like, they're dark matches. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> they're right. there to give people the reps. That's the whole. Like the name is in the title. Like the, yeah, <laughs> they tell you what it is. Yeah, I, th- I think that's just the. I think the the dark um, elevation and dark um, route is the way to go when you don't have anything to do for talent at the moment. Right. Is I mean, it's good to get a paycheck and wrestle on those shows than to get a paycheck. And everyone see you get lose and get embarrassed every single week, because uh, that's the that's what WWE does. You know what I'm saying? If you're if they got nothing for you to do, you will be losing every single week. Um, <laughs> and by the time they think of something with you, you're already a loser, and most of the fans is mine. That you know, it's like who cares now? Yeah, mm-hmm. and a point that. Um... Uh, Phil's tag team partner on Grapsity, uh, Righteous Reg. Uh, shout out to Reg, uh, BW500. Dropped that dope <laughs> theme song y'all heard about 20 minutes ago. Uh, like, I think the point Reg made in terms of uh, the dark and the dark elevation is like people who are thinking about it versus TV, like, that's an old way of thinking. Right. Because we're in an age now where so much content is streamed so much content is coming from online and so to look at dark and dark elevation as oh this is some second class show versus like these are matches that are widely available anybody can watch it and they're getting reps for these guys and these girls like i think you know sometimes phil the way we even talk about these shows kind of needs to change a little bit and evolve a little bit because this ain't 1995, you know, this ain't right. 2005, you know, we're in a new era and the landscape of entertainment is continually moving under us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people try to act like dark and dark elevation is main event too, but it's not mm. main event is off on Peacock and not everybody has Peacock. Everybody has YouTube. Even if yep. you don't have cable, you can watch YouTube. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not 100% man. But so, so to stand on the topic of AEW, uh, we, we got the, the TBS Women's Championship ongoing. Uh, we got Thunder Rosa and Jay Cargill, Nala Rosa, Karashita, Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho waiting in the quarterfinals. Uh, there's only one, there's only two more matches left in the first round. That's, of course, Anna Jay, Jamie Hayter, 
uh, and the bunny versus red velvet. Uh, Chris, I'm going to come to you. Like as, as you're looking at this field, uh, this list of talents, um, I, I think, I think most of us have either come to the idea of it's either going to be Jay Cargill, Thunder Rosa, uh, or, 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 may, or maybe even Hikaru Shida might come out and pull the upset. Uh, but, but like as far as uh, what you think, and you're looking at this field of this, this field of talents right here, uh, who, who, who are you going for, and who do you think is going to come out of this and, and be crowned on uh, January 5th? Well, Shida is my favorite wrestler um, in the world right now. But I think for the culture, it's got to be. <laughs> I, I just, I think that's something. I, I think it's owed to us. I think Tony Khan <laughs> owes us a J title raid. And I still am trying to understand why the TBS title looks so much better than uh, their women's title. I, at least in my opinion, it does. Uh, but I think that that TBS title would be um, something that um, for Jade um, mm-hmm. in establish her as kind of the, the top woman in that top, in that um, company and everybody kind of having to, you know, get every, people getting knocked down by her until finally somebody takes her out. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be Jade, um, just because mm-hmm. I think Jade is the future of that company uh, for years to come. Um, you know, I, I love Jade. Uh, she she's uh, my second favorite wrestler at the moment. She might overtake Sheeta, but um, I love Sheeta too. And Phil, something that I sort of saw you uh, point out uh, multiple times is that people need, need to stop discrediting Nala Rose's blackness. And like they, they sort of, they sort of yeah. put that to us. I saw you mention that uh, yeah. a bunch of times. So Phil, kind of expand on that. Um, what, what, what do you kind of think of Nala Rose's post world title? Uh, yeah, post post world title, post women's title uh, run in AEW. It seems like they no, she she's doing uh, the dark and dark elevation shows from time to time. But it seems like she's sort of and, and, and along with Riho, sort of that starting foundation of the women's division. They've sort of like not taking a backseat in a negative way, but just because there's such an influx of new talent that you got to establish that Nyla and the Rios have sort of, you know, had to sit on the back burner. We're just starting to see Sheeta get back into the fold. Um, I think Nyla has actually been a pretty consistent heel. Um, I think mm-hmm. um, the way she looked in the women's tournament earlier this year, she got pretty far. And I was, I was really like confused if people were mad that she beat Rosa and she beat Brett to move on. I'm like, she's a world, she's a former world champion. She should beat them. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. Um, like, I thought she looked good in the tournament. I thought she looked good in the battle royal, being one of the the final three. Um, mm-hmm. And for a second, it looked like she could win. I mean, it, of course, it was Ruby's to win, but for a second, it looked like she could win. Um, so I don't know. I think she had like a, a little bit of bad luck that her reign was in the middle of the pandemic. Right, um, mm-hmm. because I think her reign would have been more well received if it wasn't because she didn't have a bad reign. It just was at the wrong time. Yeah, um, I think you know what I'm, Phil. I th- I actually think her reign was at the right time, though. I think if it was anybody else in that position, they wouldn't have done as well as her. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, mm. and I mean, maybe I'm phrasing it wrong in the sense that no, you're you're. Fra- I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it wasn't the wrong time in the sense that she was the right person to beat Riho. Right. It just was bad timing in terms of the pandemic. Right. Um, 
but as, as far as the tournament itself, like this is this is clearly Jay's tournament to win. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I mentioned in uh, <laughs> I mentioned in uh, an article where I was picking like the picks to to win this thing that I feel like it's very strategic for them to make a title that isn't technically a women's title because nowhere on it does it say women's title. Mm. It just says TBS Championship. And I have somebody that looked up to China, be the first person to wear it, kind of like China was with the Intercontinental title. I think it makes a lot of mm. sense. Mm. Let's say, what, 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 what say you, Uncle Nate? Man, this this just goes to show you. Like, if, if Uncle TK don't know much about anything, right? Like, if, if you, you can criticize this man on the way his football team is operating, you can criticize this man <laughs> on maybe some of his wardrobe choices, but you cannot criticize this man when it comes to adjusting on the fly, which is one thing I've always given this brother credit for, man. Like, Tony Khan hears people, and he makes adjustments in a way that very few – rich people and this is not just in wrestling this is in any industry like rich people are stubborn man they set in their ways Mm -hmm. tony seems to be able to listen and adjust like we saw that uh you know with things like the dark order like when the dark order first came out nobody was really feeling them now they're one of the most over groups on the show we saw Mm -hmm. that in terms of you know black wrestling draws like tony heard there was an immediate concern and so he's taking steps to get better on that these last couple months and with the women, like the women has always been one of those points that a lot of fans have been critical of with AEW. But they're getting better, man. Like like you said, Andrew, with this influx of talent, man, just looking at the bracket and who Jade would have to beat to win the TBS title, which I agree with Phil and Chris and probably you, Andrew, like this is all set up for Jade. If Jade wins, she'll have to go through Thunder Rosa and either Sheeta or Ruby Soho. Like or that, Lander, right? Yeah, Chris. Okay, Chris Statlander. Yep, she's uh she's facing Ruby, uh in in the quarterfinal. Look, I'm already predicting that's a Ruby. That's a Ruby dub. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm predicting it's a Ruby that's dub. a Ruby dub. I think we're getting Ruby and uh Sheeta on one side, and then Jade and Thunder on the other side. Yeah, and I think like for Jade at this point in her career to have those notches on her belt, to have those wins, I think that's a big thing, and you can really give not only her but the belt and the program some identity mm-hmm. but focused let, around this person jade cargill who we all know is a star like she's somebody if you flip it through the channels phil like she jumps off the screen and you right. stick around for a little bit like what's what's going on here so like yeah i, I think this is this is a no-brainer like it would shock me um as much as i love Sheeta and as much as i i think ruby soho has been a great addition here and thunder rosa is like i love me some thunder rosa but there's only one choice here. There's only one option. There's only one decision, and it's Jay Cargill all the way. I kind of think if it's not her, though, mm. you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put it in the air and you know, <laughs> not, you know, not manifest uh, Jay's uh, title reign. If it isn't Jay, I don't think Ruby would be a bad choice either. Right. Um, I think Ruby is a good choice. And just watching Red Velvet versus Shalance yesterday on Dark, Red wouldn't be a bad choice either. She's definitely mm. going to lose to to Jay. <laughs> Second round, but or but Red Velvet wouldn't be a bad choice either, just in the sense that everything she's done for the company over the last year, and I feel like every time they put her in a big spot, she's delivered. I mean, I think making her champion wouldn't be a bad way to reward her for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't see uh that they didn't that Layla Hirsch one thrown in this tournament somewhere. It'd have been cool to sort of see see her get in the mix, but with with, with Jay Cargill. I, I feel like it's probably going to be her and Thunder Rosa at full gear. 
and they'll probably make that like a big deal. That's not gonna be mm. like just some da- some match on dynamite. And 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 not saying it like it's not it wouldn't be important if it wasn't on dynamite. But I just think that's gonna be something that they really want to lean into and, and and promote. And with Jade, man, I, I just I just think the thing is like a lot of people. The reason why a lot of people are so high on her is because they clearly see the superstar potential. Uh, not even right. potential, just the superstar like aura that she has. She looks like a star. You can see her on on these. Uh, you can like, envision her on these like talk shows and stuff like that, carrying the carrying the belt and all that good and all that good stuff. Yeah. Like she just comes off like a star. So I I think I think she would probably be like you know I, I think she would be a great first uh TBS champion. Uh, and for for Thunder Rosa, man, I, I think the long game with her. I think they I think she's gonna be the one to take the title off Brit. I definitely think mm-hmm. they going they they leaning yeah. into that probably mm-hmm. mid twenty twenty two maybe at Revolution twenty twenty two they'll probably run it back and do some type of uh, they probably gonna do some crazy shit uh, based off what they did last time uh like the fucking gorilla warfare match <laughs> Thunder Rosa <laughs> and, Britt, and Britt Baker at yeah. Revolution or something like that but yeah man Jay I I definitely think like just looking at the bracket is the way to go but if she if she just to play double advocate uh, devil's advocate like uh. Like I feel did like if she wasn't to win, uh, you know I I wouldn't be mad at she to she to getting it, you know, and sort mm-hmm. of leading the way and sort of re- right. reestablishing her after you know she she came off a long title reign. It'd be it'd be something cool to see. That. Oh, shout out to her like Sheeta and uh yeah. you know, my 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 VA homegirl Serena D. Like they did the damn yeah. thing, man. Like, oh yeah. oh, smash Serena. Oh my yeah. goodness, man. She is she is great. Like she's a great wrestler. Serena's yeah. a great wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. But it, she- it was weird listening to like I was reading that article, um, that excerpt, that quote from Sheeta talking about how she didn't think she did a good job being champion. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell are you talking about, woman? You did a you did the best job you could do given the circumstances mm. you know mm, yeah and I like our like reading the observer and stuff her her segments all were always high rated um people liked her you know what i'm saying it sucks like like phil was saying it sucks that it, you know these things have to happen during the pandemic but like if if i was like gonna pick my favorite pandemic champs she'd be at the very top of the list as Sheeta, um and then way underneath her would be like a drew mcintyre or something yeah um and he wouldn't even be second there would be someone in between them (laughs) yeah i mean man i think she does is the best women's champion they've had so far and Mm, i yeah i I think she is and i really believe even over brit yes yeah i took her over brit too i feel like her title defenses were Mm -hmm. incredible um and I feel like she's definitely going to be AEW Women's World Champion again. I feel like yeah. there, there's a high chance that she's going to be the first two-time Women's Champion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think with um, but the difference between uh, Sheeta and Britt, in my opinion, is I think Britt was kind of the chosen one. I think Sheeta was more the needed one. You know, I think she kind of rose to the occasion. And I think Britt was somebody that from the very beginning, when everybody hated her, Tony mm. Khan is came up with ways to sneak and try to get people to like her. That wasn't something you had to do with Sheeta. So you're saying Sheeta is not the champion AEW deserves, but she's the champion they need right now? Well, I want Jade. I, my, my blackness won't let me. <laughs> I want Jade to be that first champion. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. 
yeah, but yeah, she does. Yeah, she did. Overall, she does my favorite wrestler right now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so so uh, Nate, Nate, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you for this, man. I come to you first for this. We we we, we gonna we gonna jump over to WWE real quick. Uh-oh. I, Nate, I I I got I got a couple couple words for you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just let you let you take it from there. Bearcat Lee. Now, 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 now see the the thing that my my thing with this is right. <laughs> you 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 give him the name change, right? Okay. Where, Nate, where do we go from here? Are we getting the title run out of this? Are we getting the important feud out of this? Or is this just going to be a name change and he's going to be sitting on the sideline for, for, for weeks at a time? Why Why do you feel the need <laughs> to change something that don't need to be changed? Why are you fixing yeah. issues that aren't there, right? Like, 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 we're not, you know, we haven't been sleeping for the last 10 years, Phil. Like, we saw what Keith Lee was on the independent scene. We saw what Keith Lee was even in NXT. You don't have to do a lot to make that brother a star. Like we saw him, uh, it was it a Survivor Series? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, twenty nineteen, a, a couple years ago. Yeah, yep. like we saw the reaction when that brother was in the ring. Like you don't have to do much to get this guy over. But as soon as the the day one, the first day he came up to the main roster, let's change his music, let's change his gear, let's change the way he like he looks, and then pin him in, pin him in his hometown. Yeah, pin him in his hometown. <laughs> so. I wonder why he's not getting over. I know what'll work. Bearcat Lee. Oh, you mean like an homage to uh to a bearcat, right? No, I mean like an actual bearcat. Like with claws and everything. That's gonna get this brother over. Yeah. Come on, man. Like it's they, not they, that hard. It's they got the difficult. fucking they got the fucking scratch mark. Yes. yes. This is stupid. This is so fucking stupid. Um I remember um listen like i was talking to um dr ld shabazz mm-hmm. um wrestling historian r.i.p r.i.p yeah. dr shabazz and he told me with we were talking about bearcat right he said to me that name kind of had some racial implications way back when he used that name mm-hmm. um and then he's and then he was talking about how his father had that name as well like we don't need to be making brothers bearcats and fucking silverbacks and <laughs> all this other shit mm. that WWE's mm. been doing with these with these dudes, man. Yo. This is this 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 what this yeah. does is it dehumanizes Ooh, them. Talk like, to him, Chris. You're 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 taking uh, this guy. He was a limitless Keith Lee, Keith Lee, mm-hmm. and you're reducing him to a fucking animal. Complete with the fucking scratch mark on his goddamn um, singlet and having him roar for no goddamn fucking reason. I don't ever remember this dude roaring when he was in NXT. Now all of a sudden, this this motherfucker's got these primal urges to, to, to just roar and like, who does that kind of shit? And I'm always gonna look at this stuff from the perspective of a black man watching this black man, this 300 pound pound black man get on TV and yell and scream like a goddamn animal. This is not necessary. Nope. (laughs) No, nope. Um, And and there's no justification for it either. Don't fucking tell me, oh, he's paying homage to, shut the fuck up, man. No, I don't, we don't, stop doing that. It doesn't I, make any sense. All right, I'm sorry. Chris, you were on point, but uh, Phil, Phil, I'm, I'm going to let you go, but I was just like, 
I'm I'm 100% sure when Vince McMahon cleared this name, he was not thinking about no goddamn Bearcat right. No, he opened up a, yeah, he opened up a fucking encyclopedia and he was like (laughs) looking for old wrestlers he could kind of rip off and he goes, oh, this guy Bearcat Lee, that's what he did. I mean, (laughs) it it could be and I mean, listen, it might have been Keith Lee's idea, we don't know. Um, But I think Reg made a great point when he was like, um, they took him from being this guy where his whole gimmick is that he was limitless. He's yep. a big man that had no ceiling. He could do anything. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately go, let's 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 take him back to a past gimmick and put a ceiling right. on him. Yep. And let's put like, limits yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but you, you didn't need to do that. I mean, you pretty much already told us that he was limitless by making him the first ever you know, duo champion in NXT history. Yep. And yeah. then you basically got rid of that history like it didn't happen a year ago. Um yeah. it's it's weird, man. I, I don't know how do you get a guy where you package him well enough where he succeeds mm-hmm. and then put him on another brand and go, well now we have to repackage him. But why? You already proved that right. winning it was a winning now the women winning formula with this dude. Hey. Yeah so why are you changing it now? Yeah. It's just it's weird and like I said, I don't know. It could be Keith's idea. Um, no, I'm waiting no, for, it's. Uh, uh, I'm waiting well, for Keith to say it's his idea. Well, before. look, look. I could see it being Keith's idea to pay tribute, but it wasn't Keith's idea for that damn uh, the, the claw marks and the roaring. It's <laughs> all Vince or that uh, that Raw segment where they debuted him and they were like clawing his way to Raw with like the claws. <laughs> the claws <laughs> ring. Oh, I was God, like, what is yeah. this, man? That's all Vince. Oh, hey, man. Chris, would you say this also is another example of just? Uh, uh, well, NXT isn't what it was, but do you also just think that the, the likes of a Keith Lee is just another example of that disconnect between Vince McMahon and 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 sort of the the the, the things that worked with the NXT talents and just how the transition is not always smooth? Right. Yeah, I, I do see it like that, um, Andrew. And uh, I'm sorry, but there's just no reality, no planet, <laughs> no realm where I believe that Keith Lee was like, you know what? Limitless is cool, but let me be a fucking bear cat. That's what I want to be. I, I just don't see that. I can see him that being his idea in the sense that, okay, they can't think of anything for me to do. Let me just throw this bear cat shit to the wall to see if it sticks. Maybe Keith Lee can turn this into um something that all the fans latch on to um i just don't see the way he's currently acting mm-hmm. i don't see how that goes that far at least with mark henry when they tried to turn him into the silverback he had enough tenure in that company to where he was like okay this silverback shit right probably needs to stop now um keith lee i don't and he doesn't have a mark henry as an upper statesman that's working in that company that tell him look man come up with something else for this dude um but yeah man um keith lee i'm not i'm not gonna and i've met keith lee before and he was a nice guy um and when I talked talked to him about the limitless thing, it was only for like five seconds because I'm not, I'm not I don't want to make it make it sound like I'm friends with Keith Lee, 
but he was excited about the limitless stuff. Mm-hmm. And now he's a bear cat. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I brought this point up when they, they did the Apollo thing and, you know, they, they made him heal. Um, I didn't know it was going to be a heel thing until he cut that promo after he became Bearcat. And I was like, okay, so he's a heel. And when you couple that with people saying it's a tribute to Bearcat, right? Um, you just can't do both. You can't, you can't yeah. make being proud of your heritage a heel move. It, <laughs> it just doesn't do work often. anymore. It just doesn't work anymore. It's, it's not going to get a certain sect of fans to boo you. Right. Um, and the other fans that don't understand uh, the correlation they're going to be confused what to what to do to that as well. Like, are you telling me that we should be proud of this, you know, former black champion that is like the first like unrecognized world champion. And now because he's taken on that name and being more aggressive, we should boo him. But why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think Phil hit on a pulling point, And I also think that goes to show you like, sort of that um, j- j- just bad WWE booking. Like they think a person can't show aggression while being a baby face. You right. can be, you you can go in the ring and beat mm-hmm. the shit out of somebody and still be a good guy outside the ring or just a good talent overall. Like what with Keith Lee is, uh, I, I, I just think that he's just a likable person overall. He, he seems like just a very chill person and it's easy to root for him. And, and, and Nate, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts about this. Like when, when he, when Keith Lee initially came out, um, when, when, when he addressed his whole health situation and me, and we talked about that several months ago in the podcast, yeah. you would, you would think naturally think, and, and I know everybody's not a fan of involving real life stuff into these storyline products, but the fact that his situation, he openly said that it could have been a fatal thing. Like it yeah. could have been, it could have went way off the rails. Imagine if they had just aired that video unedited, exactly what it was right. on, a Monday, on a Monday Night Raw, and people in the audience would be like, "Damn, Keith Lee went through all that," and then yeah. have him come out, and then have him come out right, right after that. Can you imagine the ovation that he could have mm-hmm. got, and ju- just the way they could have go by just letting people know, like this dude, damn near had a near fatal experience, bro, and he's here right now right. in his hometown. Like that would have probably been like one of the coolest moments, and then you could have built off of that. Yeah. Like, I, like I just want to kind of get your overall thoughts on like how they they felt like they had to turn Keith Lee into mm-hmm. a heel when there was like such an obvious babyface route to go. Well, here's the thing, nephew. You asked me, can I, could I imagine if this happened? And that's a key word, imagine. And, and the answer is no. I can't imagine that that, that could have happened because <laughs> you got to look at who we t- who we talk about, Andrew. This is the WWE man. Yeah. Like they are not in the business of nuanced storytelling, right? right? Like we've seen it before. Like they, they have an issue with this. Like, uh, you know, I'm thinking yeah. in particular of instances like, you know, Jeff Hardy, you know, dealing with his alcohol issues, you know, the way they turn that into a story. I'm thinking about, you know, Dean Ambrose saying that, the, you know, the cancer should have killed Roman Reigns. Like yeah. this is not a company that knows how to finesse that line between reality and fiction. Phil and so like no I wouldn't I wouldn't if I'm if I'm Keith Lee and my two options are either y'all do a storyline based around my real life issues that I've that I've overcome or I'm a damn bear cat I guess I'm gonna have to go with the damn bear cat because I'm not (laughs) touch my personal life because you don't know how to tell that story right yeah there's a very human story to tell with a guy like Keith Lee um to to piggyback off of what Andrew said there's there's a there's a man there that went through some things that that did what he needed to do to get to NXT, to get to WWE, overcame an illness, 
Um, very human story to tell with that brother. And the fact that um, they're, they've gone the Bearcat route mm-hmm. um, is, is, it's, 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 all, it's almost a little heartbreaking, you know, um, from my vantage point to see them just kind of, we can't think of anything better to do with this brother than, um, than that, you know? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh-huh. I wonder what you think about that, Phil. Like, do you, do you think there, there's a world that exists where they could have told a more nuanced story about, you know, what this dude has actually done in his life and overcome and gotten to this point? Yeah, I think there is. And, but it just seems like wrestling is just still afraid to talk about COVID in a real way on TV. And so mm-hmm. it feels like that's part of why they wouldn't do it because then they would have to talk about, okay, well, you know, of having COVID and the realities of what he went through. Um, right. And the only person that has actually came, came on TV and admitted that they had COVID was Drew. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. And I, I mean, we know that there's other people in the company that contracted it, um, but they just never speak about it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's part of the reason why they tried to uh, quickly get away from it and he had to talk about it on his own. Because, I mean... Really, um, before, if this is anything else, we would see like a WWE special or like a vignette or something. Right. He had to record this on his own and put it on Twitter. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Phil. And it it seems like, you know, we got to pull back the curtain let the audience know what's going on. Uh, Andrew Thompson, the youngest to charge, my nephew, he stepped away for a little bit. But don't worry. He's going to be back next month on the show. We're going to repackage him, Phil. Uh, no longer will he be the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson. But he's going to be the wildebeest. Andrew Thompson, oh, his brother, God. is coming back with that with that animalistic flavor that y'all want on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. But uh, with, with all seriousness, check out the young brother uh, on, on all the platforms. And just when I gave Andrew that great farewell, he shows back up again. So Andrew is back, y'all. Uh, the brother just dipped out for a second. I, I was telling I was telling the people, Andrew, we were gonna much like Keith Lee, we were gonna bring you back next month in a, in a new character, but you won't gonna be the youngest in charge, Andrew Thompson. You was about to be the wildebeest, Andrew Thompson, on these streets, my brother. How, how you like that name? Uh, I'm 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 not a fan of it, but you know what? We we we, we, we gonna keep it going, man. But but like so sort of like uh, I know y'all was still on the topic of uh, Bearcat Lee. Like I, I just think it was just a very, very um, rash move by WWE to just say, "Hey, man, let's just switch this dude's name up and completely divert away from why people like him." And it's just right. a natural thing; people just naturally like Keith Lee. This isn't like mm-hmm. some rocket science thing or like something like well, we gotta put put this thing in front of him. Like Keith Lee is more physically imposing than half the dudes on the Raw roster anyway. So yeah. like. Just, just have him go out there and just smash people. Like, there, there's no, re- there's no reason why Keith Lee couldn't be involved in the WWE title pitching. Like, make, make it, it would have been cool to see a Biggie, uh, Biggie Keith Lee program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, cause I, like, cause not to divert too much of it. I know we talking about Keith Lee, but like, I, I, I sort of got it in my head that they already looking at Rollins. Like, that's like it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried about Biggie's title. Right? I ain't gonna lie to you. I feel like they, 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 they locked in on Rollins, but, um. With, with, with Keith Lee, man, like, I I just want to know where this is going. Like, you change his name, okay, now what? What's the next thing? You're going to have him chase around the 24-7 guys, or you're going to keep having him uh, just beat, you know, Gulak or, or, or Don't give him ideas, and, man. Don't and, give him any ideas. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what I'm saying? In 20 different seconds. But you, yeah, uh, you, you will follow up, Chris. 
Well, yeah. Well, historically speaking with WWE, when it comes to black talents as uh, world champ, um, unless their name is The Rock, um, and to a lesser extent, Bobby Lashley, usually those black guys act as a transitional champion, um, not just the black guys, but the black women too, you know. Mm. Um, they did that with Kofi Kingston, you know, that the, that the whole time during Kofi's run, I'm, run, I'm sure they were thinking, all right, how do we get this belt back to uh, Brock Lesnar? You know, let's do it on a Fox show and let him lose in 10 seconds to kind of tell people where Kofi's really stands with us. You know, the same thing with Bianca Belair, because you know, look at where she's at now, you know, so it's, 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 they have a, they have a formula, um, unfortunately, maybe it's not purposely racial or not, but the formula is noticeable to people like us when we see it re- repeatedly happening with the black talent. Yeah, mm. I, I think that's a key point that Chris hit on, and, and, and something else that he said uh, that, that I think that I think we need to discuss. Bianca Belair. Um, mm. Guys, I, I I think we all are sort of in agreement that beginning of this year until you go July, Bianca Belair was legitimately the key piece to that division. She was a breakout star. She had a mm-hmm. she had a hell of a year uh, from from that January to well e- even late uh, late late 2020 uh, into you know where, where we are right now. But it all seems like it sort of just went sort of left. And, and if, if I'm gonna come for you for this, uh, Nate, I know you 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 went in on the uh, the 2020 summer, the 2021 SummerSlam post wrestling podcast uh, <laughs> with John Pollock and, and Kay from Montreal. You went in on this whole Bianca Belair uh, losing yeah, the title. Man. I got twenty seconds. John anyway. Pollock had so many hateful emails <laughs> for stuff that he didn't even say. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Like, but, but see, the thing is, and, and then immediately following that, they did. They had the Extreme Rules show, uh, and they ran it back with, with, with Becky and Bianca, and you know went to a DQ. Um, I think right before Crown Jewel, uh, Bianca Belair went out there and had a match with Charlotte for the Raw Women's Title. A lot of people assumed, well, I, I should say, hopefully assumed that because Bianca was going to Raw and Charlotte Flair was moving to SmackDown, that they would uh, just do the obvious thing, which is to put the title on the talent that's going to be on your brand. And um, that now we're at a situation where Bianca just lost uh, a Raw Women's title match to Becky Lynch uh, this past Monday. Uh, Phil, when, when you sort of look at, I, I know this is a loaded question, but like when you sort of look at the overall year of Bianca Belair, how things look so great, how she was booked from on, on, on her road to getting the title and she made great work out of her uh post title win and then of course the stuff with bailey which i think was really solid it's unfortunate she had the injury but like w- when you see how things have gone for bianca and how she's been booked over the past several months man um it, it, it's got to be confusing right um it's extremely excuse i mean confusing mm-hmm. i i still don't get why they took the title off of her at SummerSlam. Mm. i feel like you could have done that in a better way and still brought becky back and made her a heel um, I pitched something last night when I was talking to somebody and I was like, man, you know, in a perfect world, what they could have easily done is they could have said, hey, Sasha's not coming back. We're just going to do an open challenge on SummerSlam. And mm-hmm. you could have had all of the history around that WrestleMania match. And then Naomi could have came out, done, did the open challenge, even if she would have lost, which mm-hmm. she, you know, she could have lost. And then Becky could have came out afterwards. Yep. And then like sucker punched her or something. 
and picked up the title and you could tease to a matchup down the line. You'd have to take the title off of her that way and, you know, kind of beat her in seconds and then basically tell the fans like, hey, you know, that Bianca thing was cool, but we were waiting for Becky to come back. So, you know, mm. here you go. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I know Chris and Phil and Andrew, you probably heard this phrase uh, a time or two when talking about WWE storylines. And, and and I was uh, sent this phrase from, from many listeners after that uh, SummerSlam review with, with John and Kate plus Nate. You know, the, 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 phrase, <laughs> is, the, the phrase is, let the story play out, guys. Let it play out. Oh, yeah. Let it play out, guys. Let it play out. Let it play it's out. Going somewhere. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Yeah. This happened in the summertime, y'all. Right. It's damn near Thanksgiving. <laughs> and ain't nothing played out yet. Yeah. Ain't nothing played out for this sister. That yeah. has been, like, I think this whole time, the only the only thing that was halfway heartwarming about this story was when they had that SmackDown in, in uh, Knox, Knoxville. Yeah, and and even with that, like they ended that show with Bianca getting laid out, right? Right. And yeah, so got, it's like, how so is got, this got a, got a little weak in her hometown? Yeah, yeah. like how is this built up Bianca? Like it, it honestly, I don't think it's built up Becky. Like we saw on yeah. SmackDown the other night with her and Charlotte, like playing hot potato with the damn belt. Like right. the women's division feels so much lesser now than mm-hmm. it did in the summer, and that's a shame because Sasha's back, Becky's back. Like you've got right. all the talent in the world but you're not putting them in the right position to succeed, Chris. Yeah, and truth be told, Bianca took their shitty material and somehow (laughs) turned it into something good. Yeah. Because I never understood her booking. But when she grabbed the microphone, when she talked about herself, when she was in these ridiculous storylines, she made them appealing you know she's got a talent that very 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 few in that company has and that's the ability to take that material that she's given mm-hmm. and somehow make magic with it and, and, and chris i about okay. to say chris just to add on to what you just saying uh she's only been wrestling for like five years mm-hmm. right yeah unfortunately for her i do think the more she loses and gets punked out by uh, Becky Lynch, I do think that we lose a little bit more pixie dust mm. um, every time that happens. Um, yeah. They're, they're kind of like doing that thing where they're framing her into what they want the audience to think that she is. The same mm. thing they've done with people like Daniel Bryan, same thing with, with people they've done with like Kofi Kingston, where yep. they, I think the goal, unfortunately, was never to have Bianca be this pop black sensation. I think the goal for her was always to be the black person that they can put the belt on until they get the belt on the white person. Becky Lynch that they want to have the belt. Yeah, this this all feels very similar to how they booked her on NXT, where it's like, mm. okay, well, you know, here's a loss, here's a loss, but just be patient, guys. The win will come. Like, mm-hmm. all right, here's another loss. All right, just just be patient, guys. The win is gonna come. And it's like, yeah, it's just it's too late in the game to be doing that. Like, she's already 
been at the height of her success. You don't need to do that anymore. To still right. say she's not ready for the win. What do you mean she's not ready for the win? You <laughs> right. gave her the win already. Like she headlined WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, because, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous, man. I I don't know. I think not taking the title off of Charlotte when they had the chance, I think that was a big mistake. I mean, but that compounded the fact that they should have never taken the title off of Bianca the way they did. Yeah, yep. and I, I want to piggyback off something Phil said because I, I think he had like a real key point talking about her NXT run. She like th- like what she's on now since SummerSlam is literally exactly like how she was booked in NXT. They right. kept they kept the Bianca Belair mm-hmm. her presence real strong in NXT, mm-hmm. and it was like okay, look on the road to this title, she's gonna win, she's gonna dominate. And then that, and then once we get to the actual title shot, she loses. And that, that literally happened every single time. Like she feels short. Like she would, she would have these matches, man, on the road to the title, and then like she would just dominate. Like you would legitimately think, okay, this is the time they're going to crown her. And then as yeah. soon as she gets to the title match, she'll lose. And like, like Chris said, like I think you sort of, you this. I think Bianca Belair is talented enough to where she could keep that aura. But at some point, like how Chris said, it's going to wear off if you keep beating her like this. Like you can't keep having her in these title situations, and then she keeps losing. She's lost. She 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 hasn't. She's been there. Have been there. Have been DQs and two of them. But I mean, she hasn't won the title either. And there's been three literally situations like that in the past two months or so. So I, I'm trying to figure out at one point is Bianca Belair going to sort of lose some of that luster because they keep doing this to her. And then now uh, it seems like Becky is about to sort of go into something different going a different direction so and you know wwe when you ain't in the title picture you ain't doing shit so so yeah. so, so so like where where does bianca bet they're gonna put her in some mismatch tag team where, um, can she coexist can, can she coexist? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey hey nate you, you want to know what i i think I, I think this this is going to say a lot about how they view bianca belair because she's not in the title picture and we have seen how they book people who are not in the title picture yep if she's not in a storyline or she's just sitting on the sideline, she's just doing exactly what you said, uh, the coexisting, I think it's going to say a lot about what they view Bianca Belair as because let, 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 let's say, and, 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 and I, I hate to use Becky Lynch, but like this, but I, it's, it's only right. But like, just say Becky, they, they, they didn't want to have the title on Becky Lynch. I'm pretty sure if there was like a, a outside of the title picture uh, kind of feud, it would be, they would make it feel important because Becky Lynch is in that slot. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they mm-hmm. should sort of do the same thing for Bianca Belair. And it isn't rocket science. She's very, very talented. She got the charisma. She can talk to the mic. Clearly know how to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? And she fucking powerhouse. Like, especially that shit she was doing at the Saudi show. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. But, like, man, it is it, it, it is really confusing just how they have such a layup talent and just fumble it. Like, you can even say, uh, look back at uh, Mustafa Ali, layup mm. talent and just yeah. fumbled it. But, like, with Bianca, man, it just feel like they just don't realize that she can be at that same level that Becky Lynch is. It's like the only thing you have to do is put the damn machine behind her. That's all you have to do is put the machine behind her. And, I mean, it seemed like they were going that route, but then, like, they fell off the track somehow. And then I guess we're going to see now where she lands uh, post this title uh, feud. Well, it feels like, you know, Chris used the word earlier, like a transitional champion. Like, I feel like. Bianca, they position her as like she's the best. Dot dot dot. That's not Sasha, Charlotte, or Becky, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think they've got another level for those three. And you, I guess you can kind of put Bailey in that range as well. But I think even Bailey might be a step below, even though like that's not my opinion. I'm saying how I think the company right. gives them. Right. Uh, but like, 
they they definitely have to be a lot more smarter with this because yeah. if like let's say next week like Bianca's out of the title mix and they put her in some wacky some wacky tag <laughs> team with Dewdrop. This is no right. this is no shade on Dewdrop, right? But like yeah. like it's Bianca and Dewdrop and and Dewdrop's out there doing the Bianca mannerisms and it is can they coexist? Can they get along? Like, right. That doesn't help anybody, man. And it's like you you only have so many opportunities to make somebody. Yeah. And I and, felt like they made somebody at WrestleMania with Bianca. But yeah. now you're undoing all. Like, why would you undo all the work that you just worked so hard to get to? It, it's funny to me just how the, dyna- the power dynamics in WWE work. Because Charlotte looked at her crappy-ass booking <laughs> with the title switch. <laughs> And she was just like, okay, I know the script says I'm supposed to do this, but <laughs> fuck you guys. This is what I'm going to do. And nothing's going to happen to me because you need me. And mm. I'll be back on television and fuck all of you because I'm <laughs> probably going to leave when my contract runs out anyway. Black talent in WWE do not operate like well they that. has to be out the door in a minute right exactly mm-hmm. they they don't they, they are fed crap and forced to like the taste of it um mm. i don't think bianca belair necessarily wanted to be booked the way she's been booked post wrestlemania but guess what she's gonna do it because mm. she feels this is what she is supposed to do um and i'm not even saying this as a knock on charlotte because look the, the, we all know that the title switch was 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 booty but, <laughs> but i'm just saying this to just kind of speak to how black talent in that company operate versus someone white and privileged like charlotte flair because I'd, I'd be, I promise you if Charlotte was in, if Bianca was in that same exact position, she would just be happy to be in that position, you mm. know, she, and she would do her job. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. Well, even with like, uh, like feel like if we look at arguably like the most protected black performers on the roster, I would say the New Day because they're so valuable to the WWE. Like, I can't see uh, Kofi or E or King Woods getting away with, like, some of that nonsense, man. Like, I think there is a pecking order. And right. it, yeah. it's I, not I, always I, based I around agree. talent. Um, It's weird because I do think when they want to, they can do good secondary um, feuds with their women. Like, if you yeah. look yeah. at the, if you look at the storyline they're doing with Naomi, I feel like that storyline mm-hmm. is better than yeah. either of their title storylines right now. Um, and so they can do it. I just don't know why they're not consistent. <laughs> and and, and they, you had sort of uh, you just already mentioned it. King Xavier Woods, man, yes. got, got got his big crowning moment at Crown Jewel. Uh, it, it, it was really cool to see Xavier Woods did his post match promo. Clearly emotional. Uh, was very happy because I'm pretty sure we all know Xavier Woods has openly spoken about it for years that he's wanted to win King of the Ring. Uh, Kofi got the WWE title. Biggie got the WWE title. Xavier Woods all he wanted was King of the Ring. Um, Phil, Phil, I know me and you had sort of talked about it uh, a little bit on Twitter. Like, we 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 think there should be something more than just the King thing coming from this. Like, maybe a, a mid card title run, maybe you know the US title, the IC title, whichever which one. 
but but sort of like um when, when you look at this king of the ring thing and this has been a thing wwe has sort of um and, and it's only been it's only been back for like two years or so but they've already sort of run, like run it into the ground the gimmick the king gimmick do you think xavier woods has like just the the overall talent to just combat all of that and turn this into something very unique that people will end up talking about years from now i think if anybody can uh Woods can. I feel like he's very creative. I feel like he is gonna. Um, I feel like he's going to pitch some ideas that are off the wall to do with mm. the King of the Ring gimmick. Mm. He's not gonna just go and come out and do like the royal stuff every week, like we see other guys do. Um, he's a little bit smarter than that. So mm. if it was anybody else, I would be a little concerned. But I think he can do good things with it, and I absolutely think that he should eventually get like an IC title. Um, uh, shot at some point. I mean, anything to get Nakamura away from Corbin. <laughs> um, I don't know why we're doing the Corbin stuff again, but get yeah. this man away from Corbin, please. And, and, and Chris, as, as far as Xavier Woods goes, no negative comments from Booker T yet. Yeah, we well, hold on, hold on, Andrew. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me get the hot tag, Andrew, because we okay, know okay, people okay. that's listen to this podcast <laughs> know. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, Chris was real. Uh, adamant, feeling some type of way about Booker T out here in the middle of the <laughs> ring, knighting people and giving people positions of power. So, Chris, are you going to be consistent with your criticism Uh-oh. because Xavier Uh-oh. Woods made Uh-oh. Kofi the Uh-oh. right hand of the king? I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. But, Chris, are you going to be consistent or are you going to flip-flop just because it's not no. Booker T? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be consistent. I, okay, I, thought that, I thought that shit was, was just as silly as they did with Booker T. <laughs> Here's the thing with that. I'm happy for Xavier Woods because this is what he wanted. I'm happy for Austin Creed. This is what he's wanted. This is what he's got. I do think he's got world championship potential. I know a lot of people see him as, oh, he's the guy that's not going to be world champion one day. I don't necessarily believe that. However, I do think this all this King of the Ring shit from what I've been watching so far has been silly. Um, It's been entertaining, but it's been silly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's setting Woods up to get destroyed by somebody who Mm -hmm. sees it, who sees this goofy shit that he's doing someday some monster in that company, and when I say someday, I'm talking about within the next six months to a year, however long they decide to run with this king stuff with them. Somebody's going to come out there, take this motherfucker's crown, stomp on it, break the goddamn scepter, and leave him laying. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think mm. I think he's being set up somebody Braun breaker whoever mm. comes whoever's next in line is going to come up they're going to see woods they're going to be like this guy is a joke let me destroy this crown excuse me that was i i went the whole show without an n-word so, <laughs> so, they, they, were gonna keep, they were gonna catch my man lacking go back and edit that out future nate <laughs> okay yeah so they're gonna uh, ca- they're gonna catch him slipping and, and he's getting he's getting his ass beat and i think we have to enjoy this while it lasts that's my opinion well I, i'm gonna say chris uh like 
I, I hear what you're saying, brother, and I, I do respect that you stay consistent. Like, like I, I'm glad you flip flop. Hey, But like, I have been enjoying it, man. Like, I think just from a personal standpoint, not just as a, as a viewer, but like as somebody who roots for those three guys, Woods, E, and Kofi. Yeah. Like, just I want all the good things to happen for them, man, because they've they've earned it. They've worked hard for it, man. And, and oh, you- I enjoy it. I just. See what's over the horizon. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it's, it's like you know, you know, having reckless sex as a 19 year old with the girl that you like. It's, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good right now. But nine it, months it, later, it, 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 in a month or two, yeah, she's gonna be knocking on your door like, "Yo, I'm pregnant, and you're the father." But I damn. Think that, this, that, that, that think, got weirdly personal, Chris. That, 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 yeah. that, that, that got hella specific, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that, hella specific, that got hella specific, Chris. Tony, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, look, 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 look to, to, to sort of trans, transition yeah, out yeah, of that. Let's, let's move, to, let's to, move to, on, to, Andrew. To, to sort of transition out of that. They, they, I kind of want to come back to you, and it is just a quick one because uh, I, I do got something important that I wanted to talk to y'all about uh, news-wise. But um, just a quick little note here. How how optimistic are you about Hit Row versus the bad booking that will more than likely end up coming mm. their way? But like, do you, just the the overall charisma that they have, um, and of of course their their style and sort of the hip hop won't, won't apply, won't appeal to everybody. Like they fucking debuted in what was that Wichita? But <laughs> but, but but like but, but like just how uh, optimistic are you for for these uh, four talents? And and do you think they should sort of scale back on maybe positioning top dollar as the main guy and sort of mm. c- center everybody as one or, or do you think they should more so lean into swerve being the main guy which i think a lot of people uh, assume what, what was the thing but it looks like they're more so leaning right. into top dollar being that main piece of hero i think the company needs to be very mindful of the way they present hit row because it could go left <laughs> and it, and it, and it wouldn't be the fault of the talent, right? It's not the talent's fault. It's the people that are putting these uh, stories together. And so like, I, I don't want this group to go from being something that felt authentic on NXT to becoming a caricature right. on the main roster, because now the act is being filtered through the lens of somebody who does not understand the culture. And that's something that, like, I would be very wary of, very mindful of. Like, like Phil, like, I'm hoping that, you know, they handle them with care. But, again, like, what evidence do I have over the years from this company that they can handle that with, with some nuance and with some right. respect for the culture? Yeah. Um, I am a little worried. Um, it does <laughs> say everything about how WWE does things that we already are hearing that the big guy in the group is the one that they see like, oh, who's that over there? Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know, man. I That's the next Bearcat, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm a little worried, but I'm trying to give it a chance. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that, I mean, they've got a chance to succeed. They're extremely marketable. Um, There's so much potential that you could, um tap into with them if you do the rolling loud thing again with them mm. on the main roster right. that could be a big way to push them forward yeah but you just got to be consistent with it yeah what, what, what you what you think chris you sort of um leaning towards uh being, being optimistic about it or you're you, you not too sure yet about how they'll present here bro 
Okay. Well, I'm never leaning towards optimistic about anything. <laughs> so that's not necessarily um, a, a good, a great question to ask. But um, I, I'm willing to see what they do first. But yeah, right now, I just don't. Um, they seem like in NXT, they seem like something special. Mm-hmm. On the main roster, they just they seem like just four other cats on the roster. Um, and it's really hard for me to shake that feeling for them right now, just seeing that the stuff that they've done. And like you were talking about, Andrew, just with some of the what the ideas that they have mm-hmm. of making top dollar the main guy. I don't even think they need to. And, and this is my problem with wrestling as a whole, but mostly in WWE. I don't think they need to be thinking about who the top guy is in a faction. I think whoever the top person is in a faction will always emerge mm-hmm. because yeah. ta- the cream always rises to the top. Like when they put together the nation of domination, you know what I'm saying? They could have been like, oh yeah, this is going to be a vehicle for Farouk and Farouk and Farouk. But you put the Rock in that group, we all know who's going to be the next guy, but you don't have to force this on people. I don't think they need, I don't think, I think if you're thinking, oh, top dollar is going to be the top guy. I think if you're thinking like that, I don't think that you're thinking right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so well, my, more so my line of thinking with hit row is, I I I I I I am going to lean to more side. That I, I when I say I'm optimistic, I mean more so of like I think that they just have the talent to combat mm-hmm. the bad booking. Right. And I think I think they'll eventually get to a point where they'll be able to have a little bit of wiggle room, elbow room, as far as like the stretch their creativity. I think they have that talent to get to that point yeah. to a, sort of establish that rapport with crazy ass Vince McMahon. But oh yeah, I agree with you too, uh, Drew. I, with me and Nate was doing this show seven years ago uh. when the new day first came out <laughs> neither one of us had the greatest things to say about the new day <laughs> uh, look at them in 2021 so, right uh anything could happen so all we gotta all we gotta do is wait seven years man and hit road <laughs> <on top>. <laughs> <laughs> just patience hey you gotta let the story play out phil let it play out. <laughs> let, it, let it play let, out. Let it play out, man. But yeah. so, so, something I really wanted to talk to y'all about, and, and I'm, I'm going to come to Chris, Chris to this first. Mm. The main event of Impact Bound for Glory, Moose won the Impact World Championship. Moose is the third yeah. black man to win the Impact World Championship in the company's history. There is a lot of controversy surrounding Moose, and I, I think a lot of that, re- the, the recent stuff, dates back to his open friendship with Tessa Blanchard. He's very right. supportive of her to this day, and a lot of people are not happy about that at all. Uh, Moose has also said some other things as well that haven't um, you know, resonated well with a lot of people. Um, Chris, when, when this moment happened, you, you would initially think, like, oh, we got the third Black Impact World Champion right here. Like, Moose has like, finally made his way to the top. But but it seemed more so like 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 the reaction was like oh yeah good for, good for him. <laughs> so, so so this is full disclosure for um, our listening audience. Moose is somebody who I interact with, and I have been um, not 
friends, but friendly with. Cool. He's always been cool to me. Um, but um, being in the journalist space, um, yeah, I, I do think the friendship with Tessa Blanchard was pot was problematic and you know he's been in some situations from my interactions with them he's always been a swell guy um as far as people that i've met in the wrestling business because not everybody has been the coolest you know but i think moose um is um a brother that at least is trying i didn't love the at First, I didn't like the way Impact uh, presented the him as champion. Mm-hmm. I think that just the nature of the way you cash in that thing on Impact, it looks optically like a ripoff of the Money in the Bank thing. I'm just going to call it what it is. It looks like that. But once you heard, once I heard him cut that promo, yeah, uh, just all the chaps in the wrestling business, I was like, okay, this, I didn't know that I needed this in my wrestling life, but I need this in my wrestling life. And and I like it because it was the impact title. And I didn't like when Christian won the impact title and his sights were on winning the bigger championship, the AEW championship. Mm -hmm. He was treating that title like it didn't matter. So automatically as a viewer, you start saying to yourself, yeah, this championship doesn't matter. Moose got on there, won the title, got in that ring and was like, yo, I don't care if you add a new day to the week. Um, I don't care what chief you're, you're the tribe, the, you know, all that stuff. You're, you're the tribal chief or Mm -hmm. you're the man, the boss, whatever. He just, he just went in on everybody and it was great. And, um, so that's Moose calling right now. He's paying me for that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He just hit, he just hit you yeah. off with that cash app, that Venmo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like it from that standpoint. Um, Y'all some I, fools, man. And I think that we could, uh, we could, I could, we could talk about, we could criticize the other parts of Moose if you mm. want to. But if you're talking about just that championship win, I think that this is a rare instance where I look at not just the show, because the pay-per-view show I was ready to give a C to, but from that show until the night that that, um, Impact came on um, Access, the TV show, um, I got to give Moose, the character, I got to give him like an A minus, maybe a low A. I I thought it was great. Here's the thing. Like, I think... I've got two minds on this, Phil. Like, I think if we're just looking strictly at the performance, right, I think Moose is a dude that's been ready for this spot. I think, you know, when you look at that roster, like, honestly, you could make the argument he probably should have been world champion a couple years ago when he was in that feud with uh, Austin Aries. Uh, Like, he's been ready for this this role. And so, like, from the standpoint of does he work as the champion of impact, I'd say yes. 
Uh, but now we get to like the controversy around the brother. It's particularly in his support of Tessa. And I think like, it's not a good look, man. I, I get that you have a friendship with this person, but right is right. You know what I mean? Like as much like Chris is my brother, as much as I love Chris, if Chris was out here doing wrong, like I can't cape up for him. Right. Like, right. like I'm, like I want the best for Chris, but it's like if Chris out here calling people all kinds of racial slurs, like I can't rock with that. Right. Uh, and so like I think that Moose never really kind of addressed that, at least in a way that, that felt like heartfelt to me. Yeah, man. Get them Phil. It's tough. It's tough because I, I do think that Moose has improved a lot in the ring. I feel like yeah. like Going all the way from that first match with Omega where they had the six-man, I feel like Moose like showed out in that match. I feel mm-hmm. like he showed out in several matches leading up to this title win. Um, so I do agree in some ways, like character-wise, he was ready to be world champion. Um, I do think the promo was good. Um, but, man, Moose, as a man outside mm-hmm. of the wrestling stuff, it's hard to root for the guy, man. And the Tessa stuff is the least of it for me. Like, mm-hmm. He's not the only friend of Tessa in the world. Like there are a lot of people that right. are friends with Tessa that are defending her. But mm-hmm. then you've also got him defending homeboy out in Florida that's, you know, a nasty boy. Yeah. You, oh, got yeah. Him, yeah. you got him, you know, being accused of some very serious things with his mm. ex-wife. Mm. Um, you've got him saying some problematic things about black women. It's just he it's just it's stacks on stacks on stacks with this guy. So it's like that's fair. It's it's hard to root for him, man. It's, and I mean, that's the big difference between him getting a big win and somebody like E. And E just seems like a good guy that you want to win, right? Or or, or Woods or whoever else. And man, like I don't want to, you know, knock the man down, but like just looking at certain things I've seen him do, it's like uh, I mean, even when you look at things I've seen him do on Twitter, like when people have put him on their list of yep. wrestlers, yeah. And I've looked at it from afar, like what you doing, bro? Um, mm. And so. Yeah. That's why I'm like, it's hard to be happy for him. Um, yeah. But at the same time, then it's also just how Impact did this. Like, to, <sighs> to, to have Omega be your champion, and we pretty much know that you don't have any big stars to be the face of your company. We've mm-hmm. known that since Tessa left. And your job from then on was to either build up the next guy or to sign somebody. And you kind of did neither. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so now you're at a spot where, okay, we got Alexander where he's in a good spot. We can put the title on him. There's a good story here. Mm-hmm. You used, you know, you know, option C. Like, that's a story thing in Impact. Yep. Cool, we're here. Like, you, you got a, a, a famous uh, TNA champion and, and Christian. We're off to the races. Take the title off him. You got his family in the ring. Nope, let's, let's introduce Moose into it. But mm. why? It's like you have something here where you didn't need to do that. <laughs> like you just mm. didn't need to end the pay-per-view in that way. Right. And I've seen people say, like, um, this is probably the end of the AEW Impact partnership for now. Yeah. A really good sign for Impact that I feel like this was probably their worst received pay-per-view mm. since the AEW and Impact partnership. Like, right. that's not a good sign that when they finish up the partnership, all of a sudden they do something that is really, like, poorly received. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, it, the, the, the Bound for Glory show overall, it, it, it was more so lackluster. 
I, I do I do agree with that. Like that that fucking Vegas crowd was sleep the whole mm-hmm. show. They must have been selling fucking Nyquil at the stands. Yeah. Like I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't know who, I don't know what was going on at that show, but like. With, with, I, I do agree with Phil in the sense that it did seem like Josh Alexander was just the right guy at the right time, and you like you you got this guy yeah. ready made. You done built him up. He done had had the X division run, a real solid run. Had some really some really good yeah. matches, and it just seemed like the next next natural thing for him was to win the world title and sort of take the company until until the new year, and then you insert Moose, yeah, and it, like are you good, Chris. It, no, it just felt like such a WWE thing to do, right? yeah. you know, on a pay per view. Especially yeah. when it's like, like, let's do it in front of the man's family. Like, let's yeah. let's, let's, let's let's use the Louis Dangor playbook and you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good and pull it back. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I I do agree with the with the criticisms on Moose. I'm not gonna necessarily touch the stuff with his ex wife just because. Um, you know, I've, I've been working in um, politics and criminal justice for a long time to kind of like, you know, stuff has to be, people got to be found guilty of stuff in certain instances. And before I start talking about I, it. To, I, and I, I, I do agree with you. I just yeah. mentioned it because I mm. feel like it is a. It is a combination of all of these things. Well, yeah, it's you can mention it. I think it's just you can, a bunch of things. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I think effect. it's okay to mention it. I'm just, I'm just not going to get into the details of like, it because. Like, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no I, I was just going to say, like, even with that, like, um, like, like how the, the the thing that Phil mentioned, as far as even some, some like some some harmless like people. Uh, putting him on the list of black talents that they that they value and that they like oh man like I, I think moose is at this position and him being like well you know take me off this list you know i des- i deserve to be on the list just with talents overall i'm like dude you are like completely missing the point right now yeah. Like, yeah. like like you are missing the whole point of somebody even putting you on that well list. that's the thing too i did try to get in touch with with moose to be able to interview him um and i don't know how impact so you, you got you got to jump through them hoops, brother. Yeah, yeah. Man. you got you got to jump through them hoops. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. But I mean, I do think it would be helpful, even if it was because I don't think we would um, like throw a bunch of fastballs at the dude. Mm. Um, I mean, I think we'd ask him questions that he's got to think about. Um, I'm not going to softball him either, but at the same yeah. time, you know. Um, I, I don't I don't know how this mind his his mind works as far as wrestling goes. I think that interview that he did with uh, Chris Van Vliet was very telling mm-hmm. about this man's journey. Um, I would like him to expand upon it because no offense to Chris Van Vliet, Van Vliet is just not going to ask him questions that. I would ask him, you know, because I would get into some of the more gritty stuff. I, the ex-wife stuff I'd probably leave alone because, you know, there's litigations and all that stuff there. And I don't want to get sued and I don't want posts getting sued. And <laughs> I don't want him saying something that's going to cause anything to happen. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I don't do. Do I think Moose is the ideal person to put in front of your company? Probably not. But I mean, 
Allen Iverson wasn't ideal either. And hey, hey, man, we're not we're not gonna do that to AI. Moose is not AI, bro. Virginia Legend, yeah. seven five seven all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like, AI, man. Like, like yeah. what, 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 Moose, is, Moose is Speedy Claxton at best, man. He's not Speedy Claxton, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's somewhere a, in the middle of Speedy Claxton. He just no, clowning okay, that man okay, like he, that. He's Derek Coleman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he just clowning that man like that. Called him Speedy Claxton. But yeah. but 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 like with, with Moose, like I, I I think Chris sort of uh, hit on it at the end. Like, is he is he the ideal person? No. Right. And like I I just think there's a, like a lot of stuff surrounding Moose that make people just not interested in him. Like, but also I, I think there's also an important conversation to be held. Like when you look at it, but we, so, so we always looking at these people from just their wrestling personas. And, and sometimes they, they really do blend in a lot of their real life personalities right. with who they are. But like, it is, it, it, I mean, this is like a really deep conversation and I don't know how much time we got, but it's just like, no, no, this is my question with moves. Mm. Mm-hmm. Take all the controversies away for just the time being while we're sitting here. Let's remove the controversies, remove the clapbacks on being put on blacklists and all that stuff that he doesn't want to do. Is Moose a guy that TNA or Impact can make a, a lot of money off of? Um, could Josh Alexander make more money than Moose? Or less money than Moose. Or I mean, I would I would say even even larger than that, Chris. Is there any guy that impact yes. can make a lot yes. of money with? If we're talking I, like I, money, money. Like, that's what I'm honestly, talking about too. I like if if we're talking who's box office and impact. I would go past Moose. I would go past Alexander. I think like it's maybe Bay. It is Bay, and I right. think I think if you do the exact same angle. And have mm. Bay come out and do the ultimate finesser thing because his mm. his gimmick is mm. to be an opportunist. Yep. yep. And if you do the exact same angle and have him do that to Josh Alexander, I think it's a lot more well received. Yeah. And I feel like if you're telling me coming out of the Omega era, like who is the face of your company, I can buy Chris Bay. One hundred percent. Yeah, Chris Bay is a homie too. Um, I feel more comfortable calling. Him a hobby because, <laughs> because, because uh, Chris is like, yeah, yeah. Bay Bay's the homie. Moose is a, 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 a occasional uh, uh, occasional acquaintance. Right. Moose is every time I talk to Moose, he's nice to me. So I'm I'm gonna give him that. Some wrestlers are just like, get the fuck out my face. Um, and I've never gotten that from Moose. You know. Uh, and Chris Bay, um, I, I met him mm-hmm. um, at uh, one of the StarCast events a few years ago, um, and I've kind of kept in touch with them, got a couple pictures with him and all that stuff. Um, and I do think he would be the best person at the moment. But I think that's just – I think Impact is trying to find where they fit in yeah. in this wrestling yeah. landscape. Um, and um, I'm not necessarily sure – Josh Alexander is the best person, or even if Moose is the best person. I think Moose is good for that one-time pop, but I'm not sure you want to go all the way with him. Chris Bay, on the other hand, yeah, I, I love that, that pick from uh, Phil. Yeah, mm. yeah, that might be someone I want to. I yeah. want to do that with. 
I still think the larger problem that they have not fixed is that um, the X division is fine. The knockout division is fine. You yeah. could make some gripe. It's just their world title picture that has right. been in flux for like right. the last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, I, I, I feel like it's difficult for impact to sort of, it has been difficult um, to sort of find somebody that can sort of measure up to the uh, status of a Kenny Omega, like to mm-hmm. sort of fill in, like yeah. who's the who's the next guy? Like I, th- I thought, that, thought that was just a real difficult. And thing. those guys don't just come by. Like you have yeah, to they build don't. those guys. They don't. You gotta build those. <laughs> no, guys. it's 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 tough to even build them up into that guy because mm-hmm. once you build up him up into big enough to be the face of the company, he's gone. You, you know where they're gonna go. <laughs> right. They're gonna leave. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's hard, man. And I get that, but. Man, I just I was sitting there looking at the end of that pay per view like Moose ain't it. Moose is not the answer. He's not the answer. Yeah. Like uh, I, as far as far as like what they do next is mm-hmm. is gonna be interesting to see how things play out, Nate. Yeah, like and, and again, like I now like I again I wish I had a time machine for many various reasons. Uh, we could rewind the last five years and put somebody competent in, in that office, and a lot of things would be different. But you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm somebody that follows this stuff, covers this stuff. So I would probably use my time machine for trivial things. Like I'd go back a couple weeks and be like, hey, Moose ain't it. Go ahead, put put Bay in that spot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if that's a valuable use of my time machine, Phil, but I, that's one of the things I would do with it. I, I didn't even think about this till just now, but you even have the tie back of they got rid of Omega, and then you'd have Chris Bay standing over alexander at the end with a bullet club shirt on the bullet yep. club would still yep. be on mm. top in the in the company and at, at this point you would just have somebody that was on the roster that was in bullet club mm-hmm. mm. right. yeah that, that, that. I, I, i'm honestly still surprised how chris bay hasn't even been x division champion yet like that's that, that that's another yeah. confusing thing uh but i mean you know he's in the bullet club stuff right now and he's in new japan doing his thing it's the new japan strong show you know they got him booked for a couple of right. days so yeah, yeah. Even that, you what, what, you could have know, had him taking the title to New Japan. There you go. Do we know Chris Bay's contract situation at Impact? Because there's uh, a very good chance he might not be long for this Impact world. You know, Chris Bay's Impact contract. Uh, because I, I know I know he is he is signed with the he, he's so so he signed with the company um, in February 2020, and I, I, don't, I don't usually know how long. Uh, impacts deals are like they, i mean it's usually like a three-year deal two-year deal so he because I, yeah. I, I know i know y'all remember when he had that whole um uh exchange with cody rose on twitter right yeah and, and, that's and, the and, thing and, yeah. cody wanted to sign him that's what i'm yeah. asking that's what i'm getting at cody, cody, cody should have moved a little fucking quicker that's what he should have yeah. did but well, <laughs> hey hey man if he, if he in Cody Devontae Rhodes' defense, and Devontae like, Rhodes, that man was that man was busy ending racism. He ain't have time to sign everybody. <laughs> hey man, yeah. but, but 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 yeah, but Chris Bay, uh, Chris Bay, Chris, he um, he, he his his deal was signed in 2019, but they didn't formally announce it until 2020. So mm. it, it, we, we, it it might be a contract year for him. May, yeah. it, it might possibly be, and uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna have one more than one uh, oh, yeah. uh, people out yeah. there is going to be trying to get him. Right, because I could even see WWE wanting him. Oh, yeah. I, I could see a mini bidding war uh, built over Chris Bay. So, like, the, the I kind of understand the not putting a title on him in that respect mm-hmm. because we know, 
like you just said, if, if a guy's got a way out of impact, they're, they're <laughs> taking it. Look at the rascals. You know what I'm saying? Nobody stays in impact. It, it just impact's is like it a is. nice, like a, yeah. like a, like a, like a midway point. I think you're on TV, you're getting your reps, you're getting paid, but yeah. it's not your ultimate destination. Right. Yeah. But, but, the thing with that is Chris Bay has made a point for like the last year or so of saying that impact was always his dream destination. He always mm-hmm. wanted to be impact world champion. Uh-huh. So it's weird that they haven't just, you know, put right. the rockets on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, that, you could say that, but pen the paper <laughs> is, is I mean, of, of course, I mean, of course, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's saying that. Like if, you, sense, if this, if this dude's in a contract year and they put the belt on him, and he's like, yo, and he signed in 2019, and his contract is up in 2022. I could kind of understand, hey, he's like, he's you you say all the nice stuff, you know. I could <laughs> like right, I'm in this situation with my girlfriend right now. I could say Uh-oh. whatever. Here I we go, say. here we go. Um, until that <laughs> ring is be, be careful. That. That's I said, be careful, Chris. <laughs> yeah, be careful. No, no, no. But like I said, but uh, yeah, but until that ring is actually there, you know what I'm saying? I might as well be speaking French. You know? So you say you, you you in a contract year right now, Chris. Oh, I'm definitely in a contract year. I'm 100 <laughs> in a contract year. Man. Yeah. My, 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 my oh. girlfriend is not going to put up with that much more of my unmarried off, offbeat shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the life, the life and times of Chris Ely. Yes. Well, during the Chris, but, y'all. But, but say, Nate, I, I know we rolling up on on, on the two yep. hour mark. Like, I, just to end on more of a positive note, uh, as far as the news go and, and different stuff. Like, I, we, we sort of talked about it a little earlier with uh, with, with LBO Leo Rush, man, who's doing yes. his thing in AEW. Uh, he seems like he's very happy. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys had the opportunity to hear him on Renee Paquette's podcast. Yeah, um, I, I, I was. Yeah, I was covering that for Post, and I'm pretty. Yeah, you seen all the excerpts online and stuff. Everybody was uh, talking about it. Like, it seems like he. He's very happy so far in AEW. Seems like he's found a home, and he's doing the stuff with uh, with Dante Martin. Seems like all we're missing, man, is Darius. Mm-hmm. And like I, we, we've even been seeing sort of Leo sort of hinting that pulling powerhouse Hobbs away and sort of being a heavy for him, uh, Dante and, and 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 Darius whenever he uh, is able to come back. Like uh, Nate, Nate, just the just, just your overall thoughts about Leo Rush and his sort of um, running AEW so far. He hasn't been able to have a match yet, but. Um, this he, he's on TV consistently. Uh, he's in a storyline, and you know it, it just seems like Tony Khan is sort of waiting on the right time to sort of pull the trigger with Leo, and and and, and of course that the, the idea of that eventual three man team with him in top flight is going to be crazy when they yeah. do six mans, man. Like I, I love it, man. Like I, I've been a, a big supporter of this brother for years, man. Like I think he got a lot of unnecessary and, and unfounded criticism. Right. Uh, during his time in the WWE, but it's it's so good that the brother seems to be in, in good spirits and good health and he's ready to rock in AEW. Like, I think I just, like, we we talked so much over the last couple months about AEW and, and the diversity uh, that, that we want to see reflected on the TV screen. And I think Leo is a guy that can not only be somebody you can work in that main event kind of mix, that upper mid-card kind of mix, but he's also somebody who can be beneficial for top flight. Like I think being associated with Leo gives them some, some gravitas to a certain extent, Phil, because like we all know what Leo can do. And if Leo is rocking with these boys, then they must have something too. And so like he, he's already 
done the Matt Hardy thing better than Matt Hardy. <laughs> like no shade to Matt because I love Matt Hardy, but the, the right. Hardy family office ain't it. It's garbage. Yes, but uh, <laughs> like I wouldn't garbage. have gone that far. I wouldn't have gone that far. But yeah, I'm in that same neighborhood with you, Chris. Uh, yeah. But but I think like Leo has the potential to be something really cool uh, in this company, and and I'm excited for the brother, man. Like I, I think you know I'm if you've fought, been following him, if you've been seeing the stuff that he's been talking about, his passions in life, man, his family and his music, it's like you. He's another guy, I think, Phil, much like the New Day. Like, you want the best for this brother because you, 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 yeah. you've seen, like, a little bit of his real life. And so I hope they use this man wisely. And so far from what we've seen with him and Dante, I've been digging it. Um, yeah, he, he revealed a lot of stuff in that uh, Renee interview. Yeah. I didn't know, mm-hmm. like, when he was talking right. about, you know, being a father early on and how, you know, he had to, you know, do what he had to do to survive at some points. And- right. Um, you know, even the even the story he told with Woods that I didn't know, like Woods pulled him to the mm. side and was like, you know, what's what, what's going on? How can I help you? Yeah. And like all that stuff was really um cool to hear, but it also made it satisfying to hear him say that Tony Khan wanted him and sought him out. Right. Um, I think he's doing good so far. I don't think the top flight stuff is the final destination. I do feel mm. like top flight is is not going to end up staying with Leo. I still think that he is going to end up propositioning um, part, private party. I think mm-hmm. that that's the destination. Um, and we're probably going to get like a private party top flight feud at some point. Which would be um, amazing. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like that's that's where we're going from here. And I could be wrong. That's just a guess. Um, but I, I think everything he's doing so far is great. I think he's kind of getting the best of both worlds where we're, we're getting to see him do the manager stuff that he did with um, – Bobby, and yeah. we're eventually going to get to see him wrestle. Mm. I said, we, 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 we rocking with you, 4X Leo. We rocking with yeah. you. <laughs> like, um, I do, I love Leo Rush right now. Um, and I, I'm, a, I'm with Nate. Um, and I think he's doing the Matt Hardy stuff better than Matt Hardy. Um, and Matt Hardy is a top five uh, favorite wrestler of mine, but this Matt Hardy family office nonsense it's, it's not been good um it, it just hasn't been it's been horrible well, well hold on you didn't enjoy you didn't him enjoy him doing the indie show and uh teasing the crowd with jeff coming out and then mark came out <laughs> stuff like that is 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 okay you know what i'm saying it's just like when, when like i don't understand see this is the difference between uh leo rush and matt hardy mm-hmm I understand in just one vignette why Leo Rush exists in all elite wrestling. I don't know what the family, that family Hardy office is or whatever. <laughs> he signs these guys, rips them the fuck off, and they put up with his abuse. Okay. Leo Rush explained it. I don't I don't know what the fuck a leverage buyout is, but the way Leo Rush explained it, mm-hmm. I went and Googled leverage leverage buyout to find out what it was. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is what this guy does. Um, and this is why he wants to sign these talents. And he the doing, he he doing the same it. shit Matt Hardy doing, just a little razzle-dazzle. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's making sense of it, you know? It's not... He's, it he's, is, he's, yeah. doing, uh, he's doing his version of IPO Ho. He's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it makes a little bit more sense the way he does it. 
And I I agree with them. In WWE, people were getting mad at this brother because he didn't want to carry dudes' bags and shit like that. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and then uh, that's not where... Look, I understand you're a rookie. There's certain things that people want you to do. Um, I'm not carrying a motherfucker's bags. And I, I, under, I understand Leo Rush not wanting to do that. And I'm glad that him and Mark Henry were able to make some kind of amends off of that mm. in AEW because that was a silly thing to be beefing over, mm. you know? Because, like, look, man, I played on football teams, basketball teams, all that stuff all my life. You got some guys that want to do the team stuff and participate in the hazing and stuff. And then you got guys that just want to be left the fuck alone and just want to be able to let their talent speak on the court, speak on the field, whatever. Um, and Leo Rush is one of those dudes. I mean, if, if you know, he's he wants his talent to speak. Leo Rush is a guy who knows how good he is. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to be looked at walking out of um, Dulles or LAX or O'Hare being caught with a bunch of bags in his hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like carrying <laughs> fools' bags. This dude's it's supposed to be a superstar. Mm. Publicly, you got this dude wanting to carry in bags. I'm, I'm not doing that shit. Chris naming the specific airport is killing me, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Chris just flexing. He's like, I'd have flown to all these airports. <laughs> Kennedy, Reagan, all of them. I, well, I purposely named the, air, the airports where in uh, D.C. you're going to get the uh, political Huntsville. press out uh. there. In uh, Chicago, you'll get a lot of the sports press out there. In JFK, you'll get a lot of the sports and entertainment press. In LAX, you're going to get the same thing, you know. So the places that are really press-laden mm. um, is what I named. And I don't think Leo Rush should be doing that. I don't. I, I think he um, – and, and the fact that Tony Khan um, pitched to this guy and said that he believes in him mm-hmm. – um, makes me want to see what he could do. And this is another thing about privilege, the privilege that we talk about in, in wrestling. Because Shawn Michaels is allowed, because we all know how great Shawn Michaels is. Shawn Michaels is allowed to be an asshole when he was good. He's allowed to do that. If Leo Rush walks around um, in a, the same spirit, even a little bit, it's like, okay, this brother's a problem. and um, He's too cocky. Yeah, exactly. When he's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world right now. So, um, yeah, he's he's where he needs to be. And I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing how they treat him in um, AEW. I do think he'll be their first black world champion. Um, if he's not the first, he'll definitely be one. I, I expect to see him very high in the PWI 500 um, this um, in 2022. And I expect them to see him pretty high on the, uh, the, the black 500 too, you know? You hear that Reds? Chris is calling you out. Leo got to be top 10. <laughs> top 10 guaranteed. Well, this is what I expect. I don't know <laughs> if AEW, Tony Khan might feel some type of way about that, but, is, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
But, yeah, appreciate you for bringing the news, Andrew. We got one last thing before we get up out of here this month, though. Because yeah. uh, we got, from the post-wrestling forum, we got a thread up, Ask an Advocate. And this is where the audience feel. They get a chance to kind of interact with us, ask us questions. You know, ain't no shame. Like, you know, no no stupid questions with the Ask an Advocate forum. You know, because we know people come from different life experiences, different cultural backgrounds. So ask us a question in a safe space. And uh, we'll, we'll give you the answer. Don't ask this at your local show because that might come with consequences and repercussions, <laughs> and we don't want that for you. So uh, our question this month comes from Contrasoma. And Contrasoma says, uh, I, I love the last episode. It was fantastic. Uh, but I have a question because there's been a lot of discussion with regards to black representation, glass ceilings, and stereotypes extending out of a recent series of WWE moments. Kofi Mania, Sasha versus Bianca, and now Big E's long, long, long overdue title reign. Yet, I haven't heard a lot of discussion that touches upon Bobby Lashley's title reign. Why do you think this is? Is it because of the circumstances of his title win, the booking of his character, his previous tours with the company, or his success outside of WWE? Or is this discussion Mm. actually happening and I just haven't been privy to it? Please forgive the ignorance of a middle-aged white dude who doesn't even watch WWE anymore. Uh, appreciate the question, Contra Soma. I'll toss it to Phil first. Like, Phil, uh, why uh, do you think that this, we haven't seen the amount of discussion when Lashley was champ versus Big E or versus Kofi Mania or Sasha Bianca? Well, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, people excited when mm-hmm. I mean, won the title. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that it was just initially that fear that Drew was going to come back in and take it. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and so I actually think, and I could be wrong, I do think that Bobby is the first black WWE champion to walk into WrestleMania and successfully defend his yeah. title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is. And, and so I, I don't think that he gets his due credit for that. And I do think that he was a fantastic champion. Um, I don't think some of the stuff like Big E coming in and cashing in when he did would have gone over as well if Bobby wasn't mm-hmm. such a good champion. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree with Phil on that point. Um, I think that Bobby Lashley had a respectable run. Um, they do that. They did the same thing that they did with every black. Cha- this is just something I'm going to have to fucking accept from WWE. When you are the black champion, you will not be the last match on the card. It just is what it is. You, you, we take our good and our bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, like we've been doing all our existence as as black folks. But I think that Bobby Lashley um, did a lot of good when he was a champion. Like Phil mm-hmm. said, he's the first black person to successfully defend his title at WrestleMania. Um, the Rock oh. hasn't even done that. Jazz has also done it. So, well, yeah. Well, um, as far as um, the males are concerned, right? Yeah, she did do that with Trish. I do remember that because I remember that because I actually, when it happened, I was like, "Oh, well, we could call her the first first black person to do it." But that was when they weren't really taking the women as serious as they could, mm-hmm. either. So, um, but yeah, and um, but yeah, Lashley has gone places, and and like uh, Phil also said, the point that you said that I love the most is people were waiting. And I've heard, I was hearing wrestling pundits saying this, you know, guys that I respect saying, well, like I heard Meltzer say this probably every week on uh, The Observer 
of, well, we, we got to see what they're going to do. They're going to get that belt on back on Drew. And every time I'm hearing this as a black guy, my eardrums would explode. I'm like, no, <laughs> that, Drew had his time. It's, it's no. you know, it, the, the belt needs to be on Lashley. Lashley was the perfect champ to transition out of the pandemic. That was what mm-hmm. he what what he was important for. Um, uh, Drew, I mean, is a lot of it with Drew is just bad luck, and a lot of it with the Drew is I just don't think Drew is as good of a champion as Big E or um, Bobby Lashley. I think um, I think. Big E would have been a better pandemic champ than Drew McIntyre. That's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. You could say that's my blackness speaking, but I just, just from what I've seen of Drew, I just don't think Drew um, touches on people the way that a Bobby Lashley does or even um, a Big E does. And I think Lashley, he got a, he had a respectable reign. Um, was it everything it could have been? No, but for what it was, I was satisfied with it. I, and um, we'll see what they do with uh, Big E after that. And also the fact that it went from one black guy to another black guy, mm. that's not lost upon me either. Yeah, I, I think when you talk about Bobby Lashley, you have to not just look at his title reign, but you have to look at his entire comeback field since he right. returned to the company and what this <clears throat> brother had to overcome. Like the Sami Zayn stuff with Lashley's sisters. Like, he had to overcome some terrible – like, they had this brother out here smacking on his cheeks every week on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. Like, the brother had a lot to overcome, and he did it, man. And the Hurt Business, you know, you talk about who were kind of the standouts of the pandemic era, even though we're still kind of in the pandemic era, but nobody wants to acknowledge that. But, you know, freedom. Uh, like, I think that – Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, you got to look at the Hurt Business, man. And what they meant during the pandemic, like that was a great run for those guys. And they ended it way too soon. And then I think they realized uh, once MVP had to, you know, get get uh, his surgery, they're like, oh, yeah, like we should probably be doing something with these guys. And they brought them back together. But I thought Bobby was a good champion. They should have done something with him and Brock. Like that, that to me is the big match that we'll probably never get. Uh, the, the Bobby Brock match like that is natural. It writes itself, Andrew. But I think maybe the reason that uh, Contrasoma and maybe some folks like Contrasoma didn't see the kind of same outpouring as Kofi Mania or Bianca or with uh, Big E is I do think there is something to the anticipation where, like, we've been waiting on Kofi for a minute, minute, right? Like, we've been waiting on Big E for years and years. And I think with Lashley, we kind of all knew, like, this guy – has it like we right. saw it you know in, in in impact we saw it in you know his first run the wwe so i think we knew that bobby had a shot so when they pulled the trigger i was happy for him but it wasn't the same as like yo they actually did it with kofi like i think there was something mm-hmm. in that andrew mm-hmm. where it's like that's a little bit of a difference between the situations but i don't think you can take away from what bobby's run was and what bobby's run meant oh yeah i, I 100% agree like the thing is like i i did see a lot of people uh, praising Bobby Lashley for his world title run. I, I did see a lot of people yeah. comment, like, comment on it, saying a lot of positive things. I think they booked Lashley fairly well as a heel champion. I think that 
you know, uh, of course, there were matches that I think that they left on the table, like as far as even like you just said, Nathan Brock match. I think that's something that a lot of people were more 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 now than ever expecting to see, considering he had the world title. Yep. I think that was something that a lot of people were waiting on. But even um, now, like when you talk about Bobby Lashley, uh, I think. I think pro wrestling is just a very what have you done for me lately type of business. Yeah, and, it is. The, and, 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 and if you're not in the spotlight, you don't really, you, you're not really getting talked about that much unless, unless you're being sought out type of thing. And, mm. and I think Lash, I think Lashley just gave Goldberg probably his best match of like since his, you know, uh, I would say the last, like maybe his best match since he came back, uh, since right. he came back in 2016. I think Lashley gave Goldberg you know, his best match. So I, I think Lashley has had a very, very, uh, solid 20 2021 uh he, he you know he got the world title i think he was a great heel champion for the company um and i like just, just looking at him now more so i, I think it's just they, they just waiting on mvp to get back as far yeah. as bobby goes i mean he just coming off the big loss to goldberg um they you know they doing whatever the hell they doing with cedric and shelton right now and calling that the hurt business but, um, <laughs> and, but and, and i never thought that Bobby Lashley is just a guy I always knew was going to be a world champion in WWE. He wasn't a guy that I was ever like, oh, this guy's never going to be world champion. Even when they were doing that goofy shit with his sisters, I thought he was going to be world champion eventually. Um, When it comes to like uh, Kofi and uh, Big E, I had given up on Kofi a long time ago before he got inserted into that hot feud with Daniel Bryan. And Big E, I gave up on him once they gave the belt to Kofi. I was like, well, there, there's there's the next black chap. There's no more room for Kofi to be uh, – or to, for Big E to be black champ. Um, and then when both of those happened, there's just a different level of elation that went mm-hmm. there. When With Bobby Lashley – but his feud was with the fucking Miz. I was like, that's a that's a no goddamn brainer, you know. It's like, of course, Lashley's beating the Miz, so it wasn't a hard sell for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, man. I think some of like the stuff that you know sour people on Bobby is them breaking up the hurt business because I think right, when yeah. they broke up the hurt. It just was like, oh man, what are they doing? Like, of course, like yep. that's the monkey paw of uh, WWE. They'll give us what we want, and then you know they'll give us something else we don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I think when you think initially when you had Bobby with the championship and they all had the suits, like walking down the hallways with the with the titles, like that was the peak of it. And then they took the title off of him, and it was like, okay, well, what now? And I actually think that he salvaged it even after they broke up the hurt business. Like he had that. He was bringing the ladies in, mm-hmm. and then he had like the like yeah. the short, um, the short feud with uh, Keith Lee where he had that match. So I think he had good he had good moments. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think this whole show, if I can speak for the listeners, and I will, I think this whole show has been full of good moments. And so we're gonna wrap it up for this month. Uh, thank y'all for checking us out on our new day. It's a new day. Yes, it is Saturday, which, as I mentioned off the top now, has officially become the most melanated day in mm. your wrestling podcast week. Uh, not only with ourselves, but also uh, our brothers SP3 and, and, and the crew with True Hill Heat. And of course, uh, I guess this week, or this month, Phil Lindsay. Of Shout Grand out City Phil, Suits. man. 
Phil, before hey. we uh, get up out of here, man, let the people know what you got going on. Let the people know about Grapsity and, and what you and Will and Reg are putting down. And, uh, you know, let, let the people know how they can uh, follow all your work, my brother. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me at PhilDL616 on the Twitter machine. And you, of course, can watch Grapsity every Saturday morning for me, but it's noon Eastern time. I think it's like 9 a.m. Pacific time. Don't get me in the time zones. I'm probably going to do them incorrectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's me. That's Will Washington. Um, and that's Righteous Reg uh, coming from you for Fightful's YouTube channel, as well as wherever their podcasts pop up on DSPs, you know, Spotify. Mm-hmm. You know, do your Google searches, guys. <laughs> um, and of course, you can follow the podcast at uh, Pod on Twitter. Good stuff, my brother. I'm glad we were able to make this time to link up, man. Like, like see what can happen when, 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 when these uh, black podcasters and, and writers and journalists and media members work together instead of wanting to stand apart. I ain't saying no names, but y'all know who no. y'all are. We, we, don't have to, we don't have to beef out on these Twitter streets, man. You don't have to exactly. beef with us, man. You can, you can always come together, man. You yep, can always we, come together. We can lift each other up. Uh, Speaking of lifting people up, Chris, I know you lifted up some spirits this week, telling all of your stories and, and, and giving all of your opinions. So let the people know where they can find the latest from you, Professor. Uh, go ahead and shout out your socials and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, first, I want to shout out all my uh, Muslim brothers and sisters. I, I don't like what WWE did with uh, Mustafa Ali. Um, I'm with you guys. I, I stand with you, brothers and sisters. Um, you can find me on um, KMEZ Does It on Twitter. And then just on um, my social media, just search Christopher Ely, uh, Chris with a K. Um, I'm sure you'll find me somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And if you know, you're not a bot, I'll add you. Oh, good stuff, Chris. Uh, Andrew Thompson, the youngest in charge. I know, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, man. Ain't, ain't, ain't enough hours in the week for the work <laughs> Andrew Thompson is putting down. So uh, let the people know uh, what you got going on, my brother. Uh, yeah, they can follow me on Twitter at ad thompson uh, underscore underscore. Uh, you can check out the the post news update audio that I just recorded with John Pollock and Wade Tang. That's up right now on the YouTube. Um, I just recorded an interview with MLW's Alex Kane. Ahead of nice. this weekend, will he'll be competing in the vacant uh, national openweight title ladder match? Good luck to him. The rest of them people in there in that match, along with that good brother Marvin Reed. Um, uh, what, what else I got? You can catch me on the YouTube at Andrew Thompson Interviews, and you can check out all my written work at postwrestling.com. Nice, yeah. Shout out to that brother, man. Like uh, I spoke with, uh, uh, I'm trying to think when was it? It was a few months ago. Uh, but I had a chance to uh, be on a show with Alex, and that, that's a good brother, man. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, ho- I hope all the best for him, and, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll talk to him on on this show down yeah. the line. Uh, but also, I want to say before we get out of here, uh, Andrew Thompson and the Professor Chris Ely. Not only are they doing all these great things out here in this wrestling space, but uh, you you might start to hear more of them on the Kings of Sport Patreon. Mm. Uh, we got a Patreon out here on these streets: Patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. Five dollars gets you in the door. Uh, this is November, the season of giving. So if y'all want to give a brother five uh, to help support what we're doing, uh, we'd appreciate that. You can check out over 200 hours of audio and video, wrestling thoughts, sports, mm. politics, uh, Marvel reviews. We, we talk some MCU on there. So it's a lot of good stuff over the Patreon. Y'all can check that out. 
Uh, if you want to hear more from me, just follow me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic. There you can find links to all my shows here on post uh, and beyond. Uh, I want to send a shout out to John Pollock and Wei Ting, the proprietors of Post Wrestling, for sharing the platform. We appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to Righteous Reg for producing the theme of the show. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Austin James for the graphic designs here. So uh, this brings an end to another episode of the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. Appreciate y'all for listening. We'll see y'all next month. Uh, and we're going to make it do what it do. So for Phil Lindsay, for the Professor Chris Ely, and of course, for the wildebeest, Andrew Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Godfather, Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted. We'll see y'all next time. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the Godfather, post wrestling, the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in. Nubian kings and queens, we invested in. It's for the culture and we repping it. It's for the culture and we repping it.